And we are trying to make sure that we're making America great every day in every way. And the best way to do that is to stop talking about discrimination and start talking about the nation. We're coming together as a people in spite of what you say. Thank you, gentlemen. I yield back. Mr. Kelly, please do not leave uh, because I want you to know that I am more offended as an African-American woman than you will ever be. And this business about making America great again, it is your president that's dividing this country. And don't talk to me about the fact that we don't understand well, what happens on the automobile. No, I will not yield. No, I will not yield. Okay. I, don't tell me that we don't understand. That's the, the attitude that's been given toward women time and time again. The gentlelady will suspend. The chair wishes to remind all members that they are to address their remarks to the chair. Gentlelady will continue. The chair, but don't stop me in the middle when you didn't stop him in the middle. And so I shall continue. Don't you dare talk to me like that and think that somehow women don't understand what goes on on the floor of automobile dealers. Minded to direct her remarks to the chair. The gentlelady will continue that in I order. I will continue to do that. However, I don't appreciate that you did not interrupt him when he was making those outrageous remarks about him knowing more about discrimination than I know about discrimination. I resent that and I resent the remark about making America great again. He's down here making a speech for this dishonorable president of the United States of America. Having said that, I reserve the balance of my time and no, I do not yield not one second to you. Not one second. Not one second to you. This podcast has been brought to you by a four-eyed production. And now, let's start the show. talking to do what I need to do. That was so funny. I like her. I do too. And I love that little baby. He is so cute. Little Asad. Asad is America's baby. He is. I know Asad tired. Asad got W-2s. He's the only baby with W-2s. No, for real. Like, like, real talk. He clocks in. Asad be getting at work. Is we ready or nah? Is we ready or nah? No. Why not? Listen, we've been gone for a while and we're back with the jump off. I know, I'm tired. You tired? No. No, 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 no. Ain't no such a thing. No such a thing. Ain't no such shine. That does not go. When she's gone. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Remember that on Fresh Rent? I do. <laughs> what else you know? I know we back. We black. Like we never left. But we did leave for a little bit though. I mean, but we black like we never left though. What up, B? What up? Oh, I really now, I saw you this weekend. And I know we'll get into that, but I missed you the previous week. So first of all, 
we apologize you guys we know you missed us i had people hitting me up left and right like um waiting tapping watches and everything i'm like listen one of us that shall remain nameless listen courtney be working courtney be getting them coins let me hold some next week okay (laughs) (laughs) courtney be working look courtney be having 30 jobs i'm like a jamaican out here like 13 13 jobs like 13 jobs yep yes 13 jobs so courtney had to go to california for work Mm -hmm. and so we had to halt production on our critically acclaimed highly rated podcast award-winning award-winning podcast you gotta speak those things as though they were listen they are okay because God said, whatever you speak in his name, it shall be done. And it is going to be what? Done. It's called manifesting. Yes. So we had to take a little break, but we're back. Yep. And you did right by me. I mean, you came up in here with some wine. Brought her a gift. Bought me everything but the kitchen sink. Or everything and the kitchen sink. Right. Shout out to, what is this? Kitchen sink, California Moscato. Mm-hmm. I mean, sponsor. Appreciate uh, yeah. you. <laughs> you know, let us get a little bit up. A little bit of coins. Or oh, that'll be the last time you hear red on here. Exactly. It's good, though. Y'all Indeed, it's really good. Um, and I thought I had outgrown Moscato's, but that's really good. I was trying to get the peach. Like I brought the last time, mm-hmm. it was sold out. So this is what they suggested. Okay. But. Good deal. They know their stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. And we want to welcome you guys back to episode 19 of the Culture Shock Podcast. Thanks for hanging in and rolling in on this wonderful Tuesday. 19 episodes. I know. That's time flies, know. though. It is. Time time does fly, but it's we're being productive. Yep. I feel like we talk about this every week, but it's still... I don't want to call it amazing as in I'm amazed that we made it to 19 episodes and next week we'll hit our 20, but I'm just so happy about getting to a place where we aspire to get to in December, we were like, okay, when we get to episode five, and here we are, 19 in, so mm-hmm. it just feels good. And to really commit to something and show up and work on something and get such good feedback. That you're passionate about. That you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. It makes it even more awesome to say, this is our 19th episode. Yo, your curls are popping under that hat. I don't mean to change the episode, but you're looking mighty well, see, cute over there. I got there. a little, like, um, maybe one-eighth of Indian in my family. Uh, like, don't one do eight, that. One eight. Listen, everybody else be claiming all these other halves of a half. I can claim one-eighth of an Indian in my family. That's fine with your little Let black self. Yo, yo, yo. One-eighth yo of African <laughs> curls are over there popping. You know what? Because these is, this is strip. That's exactly where it's from. Listen, and it's cute. When my hair dry without no product, it throw up the X. Wakanda forever. <laughs> all on she, its own. All on its own. Honey, she does not play without some product. I just got a little warm. This Moscato hit me fast. Girl, some good stuff. So... How was okay? So we can't just talk about the weekend. So tell the people how your weekend in California was. Would you? What were you able to do aside from work? And then let's hit this weekend. Okay, so aside from working, one thing I will say about and if you've listened before, if this is your first episode. I am actually a registered nurse, and so um, certain states have the luxury of being able to have unions into strike when they're unhappy with their working conditions. So um, it, was, it wasn't it was actually a nursing strike, so to, so to speak. It was a medical assistant strike, and they needed nurses to come out to 
um, pad staffing to assist with patient care. Mm-hmm. So that's where I went for three days. Um, and it was absolutely stressful. Um, and I said a lot of curse words, but just being able to meet the people that I met, you know, even people in leadership, I had, um, one clinical nurse manager asked to be my mentor. Like she asked me, could she mentor me? Wow. So, you know, and I was only there for a few days. So that just kind of lets you know the atmosphere, like everyone for the most part, nurse wise was welcoming. We got along, we had some fun. I met a nurse in LA um, who's based in LA, a nurse based in Atlanta, got their numbers. And when I go back, I got a place to stay. Like I just had a good time and it kind of let me get back into hands-on patient care and kind of realizing that I still got it. So it was good. I'm, I was jet lagged. I do not want to fly that flight again by myself. Right. I will if the coint is right. Okay. But <laughs> I was tired. Oh, fun thing about my trip was the morning on the way back, um, my flight left at 6 a.m. So I was at, in the airport at like the butt crack of dawn, right? Mm-hmm. So I see this guy woke up and I am so good with faces. Right. Like if I see you, I'm going to remember you. I may not remember your name, but I'm going to remember your face. So this guy walked up and I was looking, I was like, man, he looks so familiar. Like, who is this guy? And he was like checking in or whatever, getting his little bag check. And so... It just dawned on me, like, oh, my God, like, that's Shmino. And if y'all don't know who Shmino <laughs> is, he is a performer. I don't know if he's a rapper and, what do we call him, rapper, singer, artist? I just call him an artist, yeah. He's an artist, and um, I was first introduced him introduced to him at the SZA concert. He was one of her opening acts, and, like, I had him on my playlist for a while, but... I mean, he was just right He there. was good, too. He was so good. He was good. so good. And he was so nice. I was just like, are you Shmino? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, good morning. You know, I can't believe I seen you on my flight. Blah, right. blah, blah. So that was just like a good ending to my trip was to to see someone. And I would have asked him for a picture, but it was like. Too early. Five, butt it was, cracking. It is too early yeah. for all of that. The butt like, crack of dawn. And I ain't that pressed. Like, yeah. I mean, I you know I know who you are. So that that's good enough for me. But that's pretty much how my week went. So, are we rolling into the weekend now? Yeah. Okay, so go ahead. What did you do with your weekend? Okay, so I don't know what I did with my whole entire life while you were gone because it's just <laughs> not the same. Oh, you had fun, though. You had Cinco de Drinko. Oh, my God. Top, let, let me tell you something about my life that I know you already know, but the other people yeah. might not know. It does not slow down. Mm-mm. My weeks run together. I Y'all keep bringing up the fact that I had Cousin Day. And I'm like, nah, that was like last month. No, that was like last week. That was last week. So, um, you left and you were supposed to come even though, you know, technically you're not a cousin, but you're a country cousin. So, Mm -hmm. I hosted Cousin Day um, at the house and several of my cousins came from Sanford. Um, My girl Millie came from Hey, Millie. Hey, Millie. She was um, really talking junk because you weren't here. I know. I love you, Millie. My sister backed out at the last minute, so she wasn't here. She was looking for the both of y'all, but I I will move on. So, (laughs) um, and my homie Tim came from Fayetteville. Like, people really came from all over to hang out with me. My cousin Belinda, she just had a new baby. Um, but she came and hung out or whatever, and we just threw a bunch of food on the grill. We had a house full. We had a sleepover. Um, our friends Corey and Shonda came from Raleigh. Mm-hmm. So we were just all hanging out, having a good time. The drinks were flowing. I was a bartender in, in another life, and so 
you know, I was in here mixing the drinks for everybody. Took showers. We went out to a couple places, even went um, uptown Charlotte, had a good time, came back. I think uh, some of my cousins went back out to (laughs) the club that you can go to after 2 o'clock in the morning. And um, I woke up the next morning, cooked everybody breakfast. Like, we had a really good time, and you were missed. Oh, thank you. I missed you all, too. I was thinking about... I didn't even get to, I mean, like, I didn't even have one drink mm-hmm. on Cinco de Mayo. Dang, girl. I, I mean, I, I had them ready for you, too. But I that's was, okay. I'm going to make up for it. I was flying all day because my first flight out, um, the doors on the plane were broke. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying something so we about had to, that. Like, would have scared me. We had to, like, get off the plane, reboard another plane. I missed my connecting flight. It was just a lot. So yeah. I didn't end up getting to my lo- my destination until about 10 something. Yeah. Their time. Yeah. That's nuts. That's all yeah, good. Very though. Nuts. Oh, and before that, though, I did get to see you before you left because we um, sponsored a, like a big thing at the movies, right? And so we oh, all got yes. to go. That was that week, too. And y'all will be proud of me. I went back and watched Iron Man. I am. I have never <laughs> Finally. seen Finally. And I was just like, oh, man, this was really good. Yep. So, so I have a lot of catching up to do. I'm an X Men person, mm-hmm. so Understood. you know I didn't really get into any of the superhero type things, um, and I was terrified of the Hulk growing up. Mm-hmm. So I'm late to the party. But I did go back and watch tardy Iron Man. I am tardy for the Marvel party. Gotcha. But I will go back and kind of catch up because I didn't know who half those people were, other than the main people like Hulk, Spidey. Yeah, I knew who Iron Man was, of course. But now you have a. a- Deeper understanding of, why of what's going on. Man. Yeah. Right. So it was just good to go back and kind of catch up. And I plan on looking at some more. That way, when I go back next year, whenever the next one comes out, I won't be a complete yeah idiot and ask a thousand questions throughout the movie. I won't talk too much about it, but just know I was very discouraged leaving the theater. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Speaking of um, comics, though, I know she's not black and we usually talk all things black on this show. But Marco Kidder passed away today. So today being Monday, what is today? The 14th. Monday the 14th of May. Margot Kidder is the original, if I'm not mistaken, she's the original Lois Lane. Oh. So in in the theme of comics, um, I think she was turning 70 this year and she mm-hmm. passed away. And I don't know if it was from complications or something or just, you know, she went into that good night, but. Uh, I, re- I do remember watching the old show, like going back and watching the old shows, um, mm-hmm. and there's that. Um, this oh, past yeah. weekend, we so my job supported philanthropy, well, PC Group 365. It is a philanthropic group that is uh, led by a peer of ours, um, a WSSU alumna by the name of Jania Massey. She's amazing always doing excellent things in the community and um they have an annual kickball game that that they sponsor so that kids from the miracle league of um can't think oh the ymca miracle league Mm -hmm. will have an opportunity to play like softball so this was their fifth year doing it my first year actually being able to participate we got a team together you played on that team with me it was like a hundred plus 80 balls degrees outside in the middle of a Saturday on Mother's Day weekend, but we got it done. 
And so they raised a little over $2,000. I don't know if I shared that with you, but they raised over $2,000 this past weekend. So shout out to everybody that came and played on our team. And I'm already looking forward to next year. I am too. I'm looking forward to going because I was actually um, speaking with one of the guys. He didn't play, but he was in the crowd because some of his friends and teammates played. Because the first couple of teams were professionals, girl. I mean, listen, (laughs) y'all do this like... For your job. Every week. Okay, every week. Um, But he gave me the information and added me to the group me. And I'm going to go to one of their practices, and I may, like, join a little squad. Okay. Get us ready for next year. Okay, because we're going to be out there. We're going to kick some butt next year. We're going to have more than two points. (laughs) See, you were not supposed to say that. Well, we did. But, look, we this was all in fun. Right. Had fun with a purpose. That's what it we're was. We were there to raise money and fellowship. And it was fun and it was hot. And I got to tell you one thing. Sprinting to them bases. First of all, my ribs hurt. <laughs> no. Girl, my body hurts. And I had a full-blown, like, allergy attack yesterday. Yes, and I man. think it was because I was breathing in so much pollen and dust. But I'm good Oh, now. that fresh air was not good for you. Definitely not. That's why I, that's why I work out in the gym, okay? Mm-hmm. But um, okay. I, okay. I enjoy, enjoy myself. I had fun. And I can't wait to come back next year and do more things yeah, and if in you, that arena. If you guys want to know more about that, you can always go um, follow. She has a lot of other events that she puts on. Shout out to Jania. Um, and if you guys want to follow her, she is on Instagram at Jania Massey, or you can follow her at her group at PC Group 365. You can also look up the hashtag giving is dope because it is and kind of check out what she's got going on there too. Woo-hoo. And then this was Mother's Day weekend, so Saturday evening we did end up throwing some more food on the grill. So that kind of made up for you not being here the weekend before. And then I drove to Sanford on Sunday. To hang out with my mom and the Yay. other women in my family and to give them hugs. And my mom, she just wanted a tree for Mother's Day, so we bought her a tree. And, uh, yeah, there's that. Now I'm back to a work. A tree? What kind of tree? I can't remember the name of it. <clears throat> it's red. A red tree. It's beautiful, too. Aww. Let me take a picture and show you. You should. But, anyway, I appreciate the fact that my mom is the kind of mom who would want a tree. Mm-hmm. Like, not... Not saying that she wouldn't appreciate jewelry or that she's never asked for anything else. But if you buy her a tree, she's going to love that more because she can watch it grow year after year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when she's 80-something years old and the tree is still in the yard, she's the kind of person that'll be like, yep, that's you. That's you growing out there. You know, I think that's really sweet. And the teacher that I I know I'm going long with this one, but the teacher that I always talk to you about, uh, Karen Huey, who's Mm -hmm. like my mom too, um, ironically, when we went to pick the tree up, she was in the store. Oh. I was like, I was driving here today, and I said, before I leave Sanford, because that's where I'm from, I know I'm going to see you. And sure enough, so we went to take a selfie together, um, she and her and my mom and me. And when we, I got ready to hit the snap button, she said, yep, three generations. Oh. <laughs> so I thought that was so sweet. Um, but that's how my Mother's Day weekend went awesome your mom your mom got a good gift yes she did my mom thinks she's a a tech person and so she wanted a new phone so i got her iphone for mother's day and on cue she started crying because she cries every time i get her something 
But we had a really good time. Um, actually, it's and it's crazy because my cousin, the one who I spoke about on our Inspirational Women episode, she actually came. She spent the night. Nice. And then we went home to church. And my first cousin um, is the pastor over the church we went to. It's Doggett Grove AME Zion Church. So we went to see her preach, and my aunt is actually a minister there. So she spoke, and we surprised my aunt. Like, she didn't know that we all were coming. Mm-hmm. So we had, like, one whole room taken up of just us. Love it. Um, then we went at my aunt's house, and we just hung out. We went to, you know, the local fish camp, had dinner, and came on back home. So it was really good. Oh, yeah, and we went to the cemetery to, you know, look at, look at my grandmother's grave and pay our respects and ride through, you know, all our hometowns and all that kind of stuff. Um and in, in between that, I had a, the allergy attack, yeah. so I was out by, like, 7 o'clock, like, asleep. Must be nice. <laughs> Must be and nice. And then I, I still didn't want to get up. I still did not want to get up this morning. Like, I was sleep drunk. But I'm refreshed. I think my jet lag has passed, and I'm ready to get it popping. Courtney, be ready to get it popping. That's a long name this week. Well, I look, guess you owed it to the people since we That was from yesterday. I mean, from last week. So, I yeah. got Courtney be working, and Courtney be ready to get up out of there. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, let's get into this good, bad, and indifferent since we got a lot of catching up to do. What happened in the world while we were out? So many things. Let's talk Everything. about Everything. Waffle House people still cutting up. <sighs> The Met Gala, R. Kelly, Elections. hot lava spilling everywhere, elections, music, a whole bunch of, a whole shit. Bunch of yeah, a that's whole true. bunch of shit just went off. Police don't act right. People getting fired. People want to mess with Cardi. White people whiting. Let's talk about it all. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's roll because this wine is going to be definitely needed for this episode. Okay, so I think this happened after, um, at much later after we talked to you guys last time, but. Spotify, there was a thing going around saying that Spotify had removed R. Kelly's music from Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's true. If you go to Spotify and look for R. Kelly's music, you can find it, but they are no longer promoting his music. Oh, so they're not taking it off? No. And I want to hear your thoughts on that. And I also want to say that ironically, well, it's not so ironic, but R. Kelly had a show here in North Carolina this past week. And I saw a lot of people posting... Do you, right? This is how I feel about everybody in their lives. Do you. Do whatever you feel is right, whatever your conscience thinks is okay, as long as you are not bringing harm to others. However, for some reason, the people who were posting their clips at the R. Kelly concert this weekend and then putting the, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I'm still supporting him. Like, you could have just posted your clip and kept it moving. Like, why why you got to do As if you... I don't know if you're trying to, like, clear your own conscience by saying that or getting validation from other people who feel the same way, like, trying to put feelers out there. But it just kind of disgusted me a little bit. And I'm not judging anybody who necessarily went to the concert. I can't bring myself to finance in any way um, someone who behaves the way that R. Kelly has behaved in the past. Um, And I know... You know, they're saying a lot of these things are alleged, but there are some things that we can specifically point out that we know that he's done. Right. And so I personally don't want to give any of my hard-earned money to that, even though I appreciate the art. And, you know, in the past, I loved the artist before 
this. I knew, yeah, before all of that. But come on. I mean, really? You really want to post all, all of your little clips and then be like, I don't care. As if... Because to me, but the, it translates but, into, I don't care what he's done. Yeah, that's what exactly what it means. It means, I don't care if he is a pedophile or running a sex cult. You know, I'm going to give him my money and I'm going to support him. Like, I don't care what people choose to do. People can say, oh, it's alleged. But my thing is, why is everybody alleging these same things about you? And what you're going to say later on when you find out that it, that it really is true, even if years from now, R. Kelly's like, I have a problem. I, I was doing this the whole time. Then what are you going to Are you going to be hush mouth? Are you going to be like, well, I didn't know. But my thing is you do know because he married Leah when she was 16. Right. And the girl that he was peeing on in the video was 14. Right. So even if you don't know if he's running this sex cult and holding these women against their will and abusing them and doing this type of thing, you do know that he married Leah at 16 and you do know that he peed on that girl because we all seen it. Exactly. Well, I so, didn't see it, but I still believe I all the people that did see it. So in essence, what people that are going to his concert are saying is, I don't care that he's an abuser or a pedophile or I don't care about any of that stuff. The and, music is good. And see, I'm Which all, is the same thing they do for a lot of people, like our president. Right. I'm all about redemption and repentance and all of that, right? Like, I love a come-up story. Maybe somebody, because we've all done something that we're not proud of. Some people's are on a different scale than others. But when definitely when it comes to things like um, anything sexual abuse, sexual assault, um, or you're doing things that are detriment to a people and you are unapologetic for it, I have no room for that. No. And how can you, this is what I want to ask anyone who's like, it's alleged. And I'm not going to say what it is because this is where doing your own research comes into play. Right. If these things are not happening or he is not participating in these types of activities or if everything is alleged, why out of all things, why out of all the names in the book, why would he choose to refer to himself as the Pied Piper? Please explain that to me right. if you're an R. Kelly supporter. You can at me, at the Courtney B. If you want to at me on the, on the podcast, um, at Culture Shop Podcast on IG, feel free and explain to me why a grown-up who does not have any history of luring away young girls or children refer to themselves as the Pie Piper. Right. And, and then out of all the we, names you could have picked, because that's, that's all the story was about. A person who used to come down from the mountains, play his pipe, and lure the children away with his music, and the children were never, never seen, seen again. again. So please explain to me why that is his name. Please. And then, then we can continue this argument, because... At the end of the day, you have no argument. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, R. Kelly is doing something. I can't say what he's doing, but he's doing something. Right. And that's it. So there's that. So many other things happened. Tia, uh, was it Tia that uh, safely delivered a brand new baby? Yes, yeah, she baby did a girl. baby girl. Yes, she's gorgeous. So I saw a little bit of that on the gram, made my day. And it was just in time for Mother's Day, so that was fantastic. Um... 
Oh, election season happened while we were out. It sure did last Tuesday. So now here in Charlotte, um, we definitely want to hear about where you're from. But here in Charlotte, North Carolina, now we have we officially have a black sheriff, which is Sheriff McFadden, a black fire chief, uh, which is Reginald Johnson. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, we have a black mayor um, here for a couple months by Lyles and um, the D.A., Spencer Merriweather. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we 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 hunting with something here. And now we have a black um, sheriff. I said that first. Did you say black sheriff? I did. Gary McFadden? Yes. Okay, I didn't hear that part. But yeah, um, so Gary McFadden beat out the current sheriff, Erwin Carmichael. I can't get it out. He knew he was going to win. He knew he was going to win. And I think if you listen back to one of the episodes that I, we did previously where I spoke about the debate, the main thing that drove a wedge in this election was the 287G statute, yeah. which, you know, allows undocumented immigrants to be deported based on minor traffic or minor misdemeanor charges. Right. Um, and that was a big thing. And so I hope that the people in Washington that think that they're going to continue to get away with these policies and the treatment of black and brown people mm-hmm. realize that it's not it's it's not gonna cut it. It is not because as you can clearly see, we got his ass out of there. <laughs> quick, know, fast, and in a hurry. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Also, that was definitely the one of the point. main issues for me was the fact that he was adamant about this ddu basically this juvenile right. solitary confinement and not even discussing ways to either help eliminate solitary confinement for young juvenile offenders or talk about you know he said well it's not for that long a time well, well how long is it how right. long do you you know what are what are the limits and like, they can never give an answer no. on that right so how do I know if you say it's not that amount of time I mean that could be two weeks to you and who determines it who and determines how long time? is it a psychologist psychiatrist somebody who understands the adolescent brain and different conditions that these children may be going through like or is it just some cop that went through basic whatever cop training like oh no you get three weeks right black boy oh no you get one day white boy like who makes this determination he could not answer that so i am um glad that you know we got more representation hopefully where it matters and that they'll do something in their new positions right people who can understand where you're coming from and i'm not saying every every politician should be a black person Mm -hmm. but what i'm saying is things need to be fair and balanced and whenever you have someone there who represents your interests then there's more likeliness for fair. uh, Dang, I can't talk today. Tongue-tied Tiffany. Tongue-tied Tiffany. Things are more likely to be fair if around the table you have women and black women and white women, Hispanic women, Hispanic men, white men, Asian women, you know, a melting pot of people who can say, you know, this is what it's like in these neighborhoods. This is what it's like in that neighborhood. This income, that income, you know. And especially when it comes to not just women, but black women. Mm-hmm. Because, and don't get me wrong, like, I got some white sisters who I love dearly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, will do anything for, I will fuck you up if you mess with them. Right. But they don't know what it's like to be black. They right. can they ask me, you. you know, and they can empathize with me, but they don't know. And so I feel like it's imperative to have some a black woman who not only experiences racism, 
but sexism too at the same time Mm -hmm. to be able to say okay you know from your standpoint I feel like you know you're saying this is the most is is the most pertinent issue right but what about us who also have this other layer on top of the issue you know white sister that you're rallying for what about what about you got to take us into consideration too? And then, and, and therein, intersectionality comes right, right back into play as it right. always does. So I think it's good to have, and you're right. I don't feel like every governing board should be all black, or right. you know, but there should the governing bodies should represent the bodies that they are governing. If that makes sense, exactly, it does. You it's, know, to make sure that things. You know, and everything is not going to go the way that we want it to, but at least to make sure that somebody is at that table that can potentially stand up for us, right. that we have elected to stand up for us. And then if you don't, like Sheriff Erwin Carmichael, we will send you on about your day and thank you for your service. That's very true. Speaking of <laughs> <laughs> speaking of black women and politics, Auntie Maxine was yes! back, uh, back on the scene, back on the Instagram scene and the... The trending scene this week um, when the I, I believe the Republican senator was trying to kill the anti-discrimination rule preventing car dealers from um, charging women more than they charge men. And so he was they were basically going back and forth. And I'm just going to, you know, give us a short synopsis. They were going back and forth on the floor. And when she starts talking about discrimination, he basically tries to shame her for mm-hmm. saying, you know, that they're being discriminatory. And she let him have it. Now, the the fun part for me was when the speaker mm-hmm. was basically like, hey, you know, Senator Waters, you need to be addressing me and not him. And, and she basically told him, well, you ain't tell him that whenever he was talking. So I respect your role, but I'm going to keep talking this mm-hmm. way. Like, I like, just love her because she does yield. not like, I do not yield. Not one second to you. <laughs> and that's what I love about I do. Maxine Waters is because she they, will not be quiet. No. And they do these things like, oh, you need to get, and she uses their own laws and bylaws against, against them. Like, no, them. I don't have mm-hmm. to yield. Because you didn't require re- that he did. Right. I'm reclaiming my time and I don't yield any, I want all my time. Right. Um, I love the way Maxine Waters speaks out. Now, there are people from the West Coast in in her district that feel differently about her. I would imagine so. But that's anywhere and everywhere. Right. I was going to say, and that's not even to say that their feelings aren't legitimate. Right. I can only speak from my perspective. Exactly. And from what my perspective, seeing. what she represents when she does start trending or when she is on television, I appreciate and I love how even in the midst of the conversation, she kept saying, "Your president, right?" Like she is letting she you always know, does. I he, didn't vote for. I her. didn't vote in your president because that's the way they did Barack Obama. That's mm-hmm. the way they treated him. That's true. Solely based off of the color of his skin, because he was overly qualified to do that job compared to what we have now. Facts on facts. So, go, my, uh, Auntie Maxine. I saw something today. I didn't get an opportunity to read it, but that said that um, uh, Melania had to have surgery. Something today? about her kidneys. The kidneys. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope she's okay. Yeah. I don't want anybody to be. Anyway. I, Hush. Girl, he done stressed into a medical condition. <laughs> 
That's not funny, but when I saw it, somebody else showed it to me. Sis. And when I turned around to look at it, I said those exact words. I said, oh, that's nothing but a little stress. Sis. And I turned right back around and put my headphones in because. Sis, if I was married to a navel orange, mm-hmm. I, would, I would be stressed too. I would, I would need surgery too. Yeah. Yeah, I would need surgery too. So I hope she's okay. And I hope she recovers and is well for when it's time for them to exit the White House. You know, I hope she's back to her full capacity so she can go back to living whatever life she was living before she got in there. Indeed. Um, you saw that Aubrey and the Three Amigos uh, is having a tour, right? I did. <laughs> Drake and, and Migos are going on a 41-date tour. She's a wee. I know, that's a lot. You going? No. Come on now. If, it, if it ends up being at our spot and it's like, Twenty five dollars. You're not going. It ain't gonna be twenty five dollars. I mean, I didn't think that. Um, dang, what's his name? Pretty girls, little trap music. Two chains. Two chains was at our spot, and it's a small venue, but you still win. Drake ain't gonna be at I that mean, spot. Okay, that's fair. So it's commencement season, May, mm-hmm. and I always get school withdrawal whenever I see graduates because I'm just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, girl. I want to go back. And then you remember how much you hate Sally. I do hate Sally. Okay. And her cousin, CFNC.org. I don't like them either. Ooh, girl. They're the worst. Sally didn't really give me any problems. I paid her off easy. Okay. It was College Foundation who tried to get Buck. And I had to reconsolidate on that ass and go with somebody else. We're going to roll up on them in a minute. I got something for that. I got something for that. <laughs> so, commencement season and... um. You know, this is the time where a lot of celebrities are giving the commencement speeches and there are people who are getting their master's and honorary doctorates. So a couple of our faves received honorary doctorates this weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that Queen Latifah received one from Newark uh, Rutgers. and because she's from um, Newark. Mm-hmm. And Chadwick Bozeman, who went to Howard, got his honorary uh, degree, awesome. doctorate degree from there. And I really love, I had an opportunity to listen to parts of his speech, and mm-hmm. I really loved it. And he did the Wakanda forever, but he did Howard forever at the end for them. So that was really nice. And then Chance the Rapper got an honorary doctorate from Dillard University I this weekend. That. So those were all positive things. Um, I finally got a chance to see the clip that you were telling me about with Miss Tina. Oh my God, it was so good, right? Oh, it was so good. And at first I was like, oh Lord, like why did she say this? Like people are going to try to drag her. But it spoke to black health and like family health. We'll talk about it because although we've already done our um, mental health mental episode, health. which I'm sure that's something that we will revisit again. Always, always. But it is black mental health month you know in may so if you want to chat a little bit about exactly why miss tina um put the girls in counseling and kind of what she was talking about yeah so she was basically just discussing how she had to put both girls in counseling which i also thought was good they didn't just put the one that they thought needed the attention in counseling so they put beyonce and solange in counseling at a young age because it looked like beyonce was about to you know do Blow some great things, right? And um, Solange was a baby girl, and beyond, just like any sisters, any siblings, you know, so- Solo was getting on Beyonce's nerves, but it was extra difficult because Beyonce was in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm just assuming that the parents were taking Beyonce lots of places, a lot of attention and money had to be focused on her at that time, and so they put them in counseling so that 
Solange would understand what was going on with Beyonce and so that Beyonce would be able to empathize with or yeah empathize mm-hmm. with what Solange was having to deal with and I feel like that probably helped a lot with the health of their relationship even now they're as thick as thieves and she was just talking about how Beyonce couldn't stand Solange for a short period of time and that's that, normal like, yeah. me and my brother didn't like each other for a while my older brother uh-huh but, that's, that's why I said now, it made me laugh because she was like oh she was getting into her stuff I'm like yeah that's what little sisters do yeah that's normal so um but I appreciate that and she also talked about how she used to have to take Wednesdays off and Wednesdays just used to be Solange day just so she could get that um you know, that TLC mm-hmm. that she needed since Beyonce was getting so much attention all the other times. That's some good parenting. It really is. I mean, you have to do what you have to do, truly, to raise um, healthy human beings. Yeah. That's your charge when you start having kids. I, I don't understand. And I won't get on my soapbox about it, but I just really don't understand the mistreatment of children. I, it's funny, while we were out um, on this bye week where we didn't have an episode I kind of put up a status dealing with that in my own childhood, mm-hmm. and I just don't understand why people mistreat children like they're not going to or don't do for them what is necessary even to raise them to be healthy adults. That's like, still mistreatment. That's neglect. Yes. Like why? Why? Why even have children then? Like you know, I I think about like today. Well, at the dodge, I mean dodgeball kickball, kickball game. game. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like. Okay, growing up, my mom played basketball. Um, she was a cheerleader. She, she ran track and all this kind of stuff. But due to my family dynamic and the things that were going on, I really wasn't able, besides like pop on the cheerleading, I really wasn't able to actually get into sports, so to speak, or competitive cheerleading until I got to like middle school. Right. Where when I had a more stable living situation. And that's one thing that I always regret. And so. You know, we were just talking or whatever, and she, basically, she recorded a, a video of me running. Mm-hmm. And so, when I posted it on Instagram, people kept messing me, like, dang, you fast. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So, her and I were talking, and I was just like, man, I just wonder what could have happened if somebody would have pushed me a little bit further, right. a little bit harder, and taken the time to really, you know, see what I was good at and put time into me. Yes. where I would be so those things are important with your children and I just hope that when I have kids that I'm able to be patient enough to be like okay what does this little person need from right me? not what do they want what do they need for me to be a successful person and, and here's the thing I don't know if this will encourage somebody but a lot of times you hear people say oh you need to wait until you're older to have kids so that you'll have the patience with them. I have seen parents who waited and they don't have the patience. And I've seen young people who have had kids and it all depends on what you're willing to do as a human being to raise your child. I honestly think that, yes, some people need, you know, a maturation period and there's a a threshold which they cross and they're like, okay, I'm ready. But for some people, you, you either have it or you don't. And it does not matter how old you are or how much money you have. Like, you need money to support your kids and the things that they might want to do. But you can always find a way to figure out what their interests are mm-hmm. and then to try to nurture that. And I think it's funny when people say, wait till you're older. But I could think of at least two to three people that I know that had kids at a young age. And 
having that child is what matured them. Mm-hmm. Because if they wouldn't have those kids, they didn't tell them where they would be right now. Mm-hmm. Having those kids sat them down, it gave them a focus, it made them think of something other than themselves, it made them get their career on track, their finances on track. Because they were like, you know, I've got another person to take care of. It's not just me out here floating around doing whatever, living my life from place to place. Like, I have to get my shit together to raise this person. Right. And they were young girls, like, you know, early 20s. Mm-hmm. These are not 30, 35-year-old women. These are 21-year-old girls. Because mm-hmm. we're, still, we're still little girls at that point. So, it matured them. So, I don't think that waiting is going to give you more patience. Like, with me, the older I get... The less patience I had with bullshit. I feel the same the, way. And not only that. kids, but my patience wears thin, thin, thinner. Quicker. Quicker. And I'm not willing to tolerate as much as I would five years ago. Because right. it's like, I don't have, no, you get on my nerves, bye. Right. And then when I was growing up, you know, like, I didn't get to do a lot. But my mom was young. And I had peers whose parents were at the age that they, quotation marks in the air, say you should be having children. Those kids got away with murder mm-hmm. because their parents just were like, I don't have time. My mama was in that behind, even though she was busy. She was like, okay, I need to know what's going on. What yes. you doing? Where and, you going? And it, you was, to? it was so funny because, of course, you know, this Sunday, the sermon was about mothers and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, the church that I went to, the pastor basically said, like, when you have, she basically said, you know, it's better to learn your lessons now than later. Mm-hmm. As in, you know, it's better to learn your lessons here on earth than to learn them mm-hmm. when you ascend or not. And basically, she was like, just like with a with a good mother, if a mother whoops you right the first time, she ain't got to keep on doing it. Because mm-hmm. all she got to do is look at you. And that is apparent. Like, you know, you they do things in love. Mm-hmm. They reprimand you in, in love. love. Mm-hmm. They put their interests and their sights and their focus on you in love. That's what a parent does. Right. And, you know, I mean, I don't have kids or whatever, but I feel the same way about my niece. Like, if I can do anything to make her life easier or make her a better person, even if it hurts her feelings, that's what I'm going to do. Absolutely. She'll that's still love you I'm tomorrow. to do. Right. And I always tell people that because they say, well, are you going to have kids? Because who's going to take care of you when you get older? I may have kids and they may turn out to be bullshit-ass human beings and be like, fuck my mama. It happens. I could do everything for them. We talk about that all the time. I could do everything for them and they still may not want to fool with me. But one person <laughs> that I know that is never going to not fool with me Lil Cor Cor. is Lil Cor Cor. <laughs> so I feel like I'm doing a good job. Look, auntie, fine auntie gang is a real thing. Fine auntie gang is a real thing. Okay? I am the fun, fun auntie, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be that to the day I die. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see, um, oh, man, did you get a chance to see the Met Gala? I know I just switched up on you, but um, I do that all the time. In between catching shuttles all around L.A., Mm -hmm. I did get to, I didn't watch, like, any live red carpet, but I saw the pictures, you know, rolling in on social media. Yeah. So I got the highlights. I'm always interested to know everybody's take on like what their faves were and okay. why. Um, you know, I stand for first of all, Riri is my spirit animal. Y'all already know that. 
So I live for her Met Gala look every single year. If Beyonce comes, then, you know, I live for her look. But this year, Riri, um, Cassie, my God. I just I want somebody. I don't remember what Cassie even looks like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up for you. She is just gorgeous in everything she could put on trash bag. She looks good. Um, her and then Cardi, um, they did a good job with Cardi and Chadwick. Chadwick was my favorite. The theme, my second favorite meal. Right. So, oh, so who was your first? Jared Leto. I don't remember what his outfit. Jared looked Leto. Like. It was like three of them. He looked like a. Are you serious? He looked like a white Jesus. Nice. Now the theme for this past year um, has something to do with the first black pope, right? It was called Heavenly Bodies, a reimagination of the Catholic Church or something like that. Oh, okay. Reimagination of Catholicism, something like that. I don't know where I heard that then. But yeah, it definitely had something to do with Catholicism. Yeah, um I didn't pick Rihanna as my favorite just because she's always Okay. The bomb. But But what okay, never mind. Go but ahead. my favorite look of the night was Janelle Monet. I feel like it was the most creative and still true to self. Not that Rihanna's wasn't creative, but basically it was like the suit that the Pope wore made into a skirt. Okay. I it, mean, I, it I looked good. It, that's fair. It looked good, but to me, for Janelle and A to be able to still stay within the black and white, and then she had the head garment on under the hat. Right. With the red lips. She did look pretty that, amazing. That just, I don't know. It just, yes, like everything about it. I just pulled up a picture I don't of know. It just, she was my favorite. I loved Rihanna's look. I actually love Rihanna's makeup a lot. Right. I didn't like her hair. I didn't like those tendrils hanging down. Mm-hmm. It was just little things. But, I mean, she killed it as Rihanna. Right. But Janelle Monae was my favorite female. Rihanna. Um, Solange. Always. I like Solange's look, but I liked her look more so for the cape uh-huh. that you actually didn't see on the red carpet. Tell the people what the cape said. Girl. And her cape actually said, my God, where's a do-rag? Which I is why Solange that. had a do-rag over her braids on the red carpet. I need that on a baseball cap or something. Yes. And people were saying, really, sis, a do-rag? And I'm like, y'all didn't see her cape? Right. And it was like the cape. From, and it, and it could have been the off there, but maybe mm-hmm. you couldn't see it on the red carpet because right. she, they were taking pictures of her. But the cape on her do-rag said, by God, where's the do-rag? So I felt like, okay, you won for even having that on your cape. <laughs> so she was one of my favorites. Chadwick, of course. Jared Leto was bomb. You need to Google Jared Leto and see how he looked. Um, Blake Lively always is amazing. I loved her look. Priyanka Chopra, I loved her look. And honorable mention I had to give to Sarah Jessica Parker because she always comes through with some type of headpiece. And it's just very Carrie and Six in the City of her. So, oh, those Jerry my, did look good. Did he not look good? I mean, this outfit is bomb. He looks so. Like, I love when people stay on theme. Yeah, me too. Like, you can be and pretty. Because that, that's what it's all dress, about, right? Stay, oh, I like the way. I like JLo's look too, but it didn't really look. Met Gala just looked like a pretty gown. The Met Gala and the Wearable Art Gala are are two of my goals. Mm-hmm. Like I I definitely want to attend those at some point within the next five years because that's an opportunity for people to really stick with the theme and really go all the way out with yeah. their attire. So those are my favorite. 
Nice. Um, I mean, it wasn't as good as it could be because Beyonce, Beyonce was, was there. there. But Beyonce is preparing for her show this weekend. Yeah, she ain't got time. She ain't got time. She ain't got time. No, because she has to sing at the royal wedding. <laughs> she do- oh, speaking of the royal so, wedding, so Beyonce I know got you things. Saw- she has things to do. Okay, she was not there. Royal. She things. was there in spirit. That's why they made those Holy Trinity uh, yes. jokes about Beyonce. Yes. Um, dang, I forgot what I was going to say. Something. What did you? And just I would say? say that Cardi looked the best, but Beyonce already wore that to the Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> And Cardi did it while she was pregnant too. Yeah, so it looked, she did look good she though. Looked I mean, good, but I can't give her my top because I don't feel like it was as original as it could have been. Did you see she her and Nikki talking? Though. Did you see her and Nikki talking? I did. Oh, you you gave me the shoulder shrug. I'm over it. Y'all ain't got no reason to be mad at each other anyway. Jeez Louise. I don't really think. I think what? Never mind. Anyway, um, oh, I know what I was gonna say. Rihanna and the uh, speaking of the royal wedding, <laughs> she is so shady. I love, I love it, it though. <laughs> that reporter asked her um, because she met the prince one time before. Was she going to the wedding? <laughs> Rihanna was like, "I mean, what would make you think I was going to the wedding? Do you think you're coming to my wedding? I'm, I'm, I met you, right?" And then she was like, "Am I coming to your wedding?" And the girl was like, "Well, you'll get an invitation." And she was like, "Well, I guess I should feel away then." Right. That was too. I love Rihanna. Yeah, she has. She gives good quick shade. She could have been in some. Not she could have been in some trouble, but she was in some danger this week. This guy named Eduardo Leon. Leon. Yeah, he disabled her. Um, her house alarm. I don't even know where she lives. I don't. I mean, you know. People give tours. I don't know exactly which house. If I'm famous, I'm about, my house is going to be somebody else's name or a, a company name. It's not even going to be my name. Right. Because they can look that stuff up. Right. No. But they, um, he, he ended up spending the night in the house. Jesus Christ. And so I think the report said he said he just wanted to get it on with her. He's sitting in jail right now. Good for him. Um, but other good things have happened for her. Of course, you know, she's coming out with new makeup, mm-hmm. um, which I'm totally standing for. She came out with her lingerie line, finally. As soon as it came out, all of my friends were hitting the purchase button. What? Speaking of Rihanna, Go. let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this, these shenanigans. Please. So, you know, my mom has been in my house for a while, like two weeks. Uh-huh. And I left and went. Out of town, came back. Mm-hmm. So, we in Target, right? She was like, I need to go to Target and get something out of the makeup section. I'm like, okay. So, we walking around or whatever. And she was trying on lipstick. And she says, this is like that lipstick you got at home. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, because I got a lot of lipstick on. I'm like, right. what lipstick, you know? She was like, some lipstick I tried on stained my lips. I don't like that stuff. It was, it was in some kind of box. <gasps> Mama B had used your brand new... Your brand, oh. My brand new stunner. I said, you talking about the box that's unopened? Well, yeah. I said, girl, you did not use it my was, Rihanna. It was Mother's Day weekend. You got to let that go, bro. Talking about, well, I put it back. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I love her. She was like, I mean, I just used it once, and it stained my lips. I don't even, I don't know why you like it. It stained your lips. Ma'am. It's supposed to do that. My blood pressure was up. I said, it's time for you to go home. Don't do you that. You done did 
too much. She about to let the dog run away, girl. I know. Oh, I my know. God. <laughs> I said, Mama, don't touch nothing else. Uh, Courtney Any B's, my makeup, Courtney uh, B's dog stand. was um, out chasing chickens this week. Let's let you know what type of neighborhood I live in. <laughs> out chasing damn chickens. <laughs> and then got bit up by fire, fire ants trying to run back to the car. Poor baby. Country. She's a baby. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what else in the world? I had to let that out because Mama B just went all up in my uh, stunner. I mean, I ain't even tried it on yet. I didn't even put it on my lips. She didn't know. She know now. Because I went off in Targets, as she said. Oh my God. Targets. Targets. With an Multiples. <laughs> um, I feel like every week we're talking about this, but I guess it's the season for that. Taraji P. Henson got engaged. Yes, I'm happy for her. One of our faves. She's, um, now she's engaged to Kelvin Hayden. I don't know how long they've been dating, but I know at one a point. A long time. She was like, she would never do, you know, marriage or whatever. And then here recently, she's been posting about love and. Now she's all about to. puppy dog, too. Mm-hmm. That French bulldog was so cute. And her ring is papping. And you know, I love a good solitaire. Well, you know what? Woo! I love love, and I also love football booties. So, Taraji. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. Listen, look, I understand. Look like you walk around doing squats all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Them, honey, them football booties are the best. So we're not talking about shoes. And no, and he's a. I don't think he still plays with the Bears, but he used to be on my favorite team, the Chicago Bears. So, woo woo, bear down. So go for you, good for you, Taraji. I'm glad that you're finding love. You know, you got your glow on. Your career is popping. Your love life is popping. Your son is grown. Mm -hmm. She already living her life. Indeed, her best life. And did you see? They ask her about. I think they ask her about Bill Cosby. No, and I didn't see that. They asked her about Bill Cosby somewhere on some red carpet or some. You know, I, I kind of hate that they do that. She basically to said, "We ain't got nothing to say about that." Mm-hmm. Nope, we ain't got nothing to say. Because why are you asking her? Yeah, I feel like they just try to trip any old celebrity up every now and then. Just she's to, a DC. You ain't about to. You are not about to uh, trip her up. Right, not today. She is cookie. <laughs> she is cookie. And Taraji, listen, she could mixed together. Yes, yeah, so you know. I hate you, Jody. Um, you saw where Erica posted for three stacks on Mother's Day yes. the picture of his mom and this, his song. Well, was it a song or a poem? I feel like he had intentionally made it into a song. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I listened to that. That was really good. If you guys haven't seen that, you can go to Erica Badu's um, Instagram page, and she did post that and put the link in her bio. I feel, like she's still love, I feel like she's still in love with They me. love each other. They hang out. I mean, not like best buds, like go over to each other's house every day, but they she has she actually has a really good relationship with all, all the, of them. Yeah, that lets the you know she's a cool children. chick. And I remember in some interview, they asked her, like, what's her, what, what is a piece of art that she doesn't own, but she wishes she could? Mm-hmm. And she said Andre 3000. Oh, that's be- that's a beautiful thing to say. Mm-hmm. She said that's the only piece of art that she does not own, and she wishes she could. It's Andre three thousand. I am affected I said, by I that. I want some love like that. We ain't even together. I, we ain't even together. I just want to hang on my walls so I can look at you. I am affected by Honey, that. That's beautiful. That's what she said. I said, that must be some good Uh, loving. Loving, all loving. I ain't talking about just that. See, look. I don't know what you. Give me some credit. I can't until it comes out of your mouth. Good 
loving, like okay. mind, body, and spirit. Okay. Connection love. That's connection love. It is. That hold, held loosely in your hand kind of love. Not yes. that balled up fist seeping through your fingers kind of love. Yes. That, that love that lets you breathe a little bit. Yeah. Because they know you're coming back. They know you're coming home. No, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's my favorite Let phrase. Let me stop because I'm gonna I start sweating in here. Jesus help me. It's the Moscato girl. Woo! Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't think we crazy. We are. Yeah, we are. But we good crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I live for North Carolina news. And North did you? Carolina. Right. I Pete love Pete. Shout Pete out Pete. to Petey Pablo. Um, but you heard the news about um Young Dolph at his concert here this past week. So, um, there was I don't know if the baristas were students, but these. Two people worked mm-hmm. at the um, coffee shop at Duke University, which, you know, we're very familiar with because that's, like, from around our area or place that we've lived before. And around um, May 4th, Brittany Brown and Kevin Simmons were working at uh, Joe Van Gogh, which is on the campus. Mm-hmm. And um, what's his name? Larry Monita. I believe, anyway, he's the VP of Student Affairs. Whoever the VP of Student Affairs over at the university is, mm-hmm. walked in. He always gets his coffee there, he said. And he walked in. The um, music was blaring, and he complained about the music and said that it was inappropriate. But he said he didn't ask for them to get fired. Now, the music that they were playing was um, Young Dolph's Get Paid. <laughs> I won't repeat the lyrics. But that's what but they were doing. Getting paid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, and I don't think that they knew anybody was in there. And I was just telling you before, previously, like, I can remember working at a place where either, you know, you're opening up the store or you're closing down the store. And while you're trying to clean up, you know, you got the music blaring and it's not always the edited version. And I really believe that might be what happened with them. Mm-hmm. He said that he went and he complained um, about it. I mean, you know, he talked to them about it. And then he went and talked to their bosses basically about it. But he didn't want them to get fired, um, allegedly. But they did get fired. However, Young Dolph heard about this and, and and said, if you guys know how to get in touch with them, like, please let me know. Invited them to a concert, invited them up, and gave them $10,000 a piece. That is so great. So I thought that was, I feel like some people will probably have mixed emotions about that. Like, But he was basically saying until you can get another job or like, you know, right. get on your feet. Here's twenty thousand dollars. Pull the money right out and gave it to them. And my thing is, if whoever that was in administration didn't want them to get fired, make sure they get a job in your office. True, because you can do that. Make Maybe. sure they get a job in your office or somewhere else on the campus that right. they don't have to drive to. They can walk to. Facts. That's how you fix that. So that happened. Um, did you see? I'm only mentioning this because the Celtics are doing well. Because I love the Celtics. Uh, Never mind. Uh, well, okay, Chris Bosh. Did you hear his mama was suing him? For being cut off? Yeah, Ridiculous. so... Girl, you don't have kids for them to take care of you for your whole life. Right. Excuse me. So she's basically suing him because she says that he's reneging on his promise to always take care of her. But here's the thing, and I don't know all that the details. Look at a lot of kids, though. And a wife. Well, yeah, but Chris that's Bosch. not why he cut her off. I really believe that it had a lot to do with her recent antics. So, um... 
I don't know why I was about to grab that bottle and pour you some more. Like, you it's about to, sitting right in front of you. No, you was about to turn. I'm telling you, you've been wanting to turn that bottle up. No, you I open still got it. some over here. I'm good. <laughs> um, but Chris Bosch's mom's name is Frida. And, um, big Frida. Exactly. No. Not <laughs> Big Frida. No, don't do my Big Frida like that. I know. I love Frida. Um, but anyway, he allegedly attempted to evict her from the Texas home that she says that they built had built together. But in December, together if you didn't sign no checks for uh, mama. Right. But I would still feel for her if I didn't know that she was doing other stuff. So like in December, I mean, like this past December, she had gotten arrested. (laughs) What? Something centered around. um, God, what was it? Like drugs being sold, like hard drugs being sold out of that same house. Mama, you got to go. Because her and another man named Jonathan got arrested for that. And um, I think the guy also was hooked up on charges of, I don't know, either not kidnapping, but like holding um, some some man hostage and trying to make him help them sell drugs. It was really weird is all I'm trying to say. Oh, well, then you got to go. So... You yeah, and your boyfriend that's what I'm let him let him provide for you. <laughs> I don't know if the judge gonna laugh at her and tell her to get her ass out of there, wasting everybody's time and money. But it's only it's only a little scary because I'm like, okay, I've seen people lose cases because just because they were rich over smaller things than this. But hopefully, the judge will take that into account. Um, that they, oh, I'm sure he will because I'm pretty sure Chris Bosch has some good lawyers. Yep. Speaking of lawyers, you hear that um, Jay Z paid a lot of Meek Mills. You know, Meek Mill is out, and he um, was saying that Jay-Z never said anything about it, but he went on The Breakfast Club and talked about how Jay-Z was responsible for paying many of his legal fees. Where was Rick Ross? Mm-hmm. I, don't have, I don't have a dog in that fight. I don't where know. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you who did pay. I'm just, and I mean, I'm not surprised because Jay seems like that type of person. Well, he's because, done it before. Because Jay is really from the streets. That's right. what you do. Yeah. So... I just want to know where is why hasn't Rick Ross said anything? Where is Rick Ross? Because it's always meat meal this, meat meal that. Where is Rick Ross in all of this? Did he pay something? I don't know, girl. I mean, maybe he did, and he's just not talking about it. Maybe I just can't see him not doing anything for me. All right. What Can do we, you think Nikki feels about this? Um, she told him don't drop the soap. No, did she say that? She tweeted that. I, and she deleted it. No, she, she okay. Mm. Yeah, I was about to get carried away. I'm just gonna reel it back in and say, that's not funny. Not at all. Um, I have said it too when when I was a kid, and I really didn't know what that meant. I mean, I knew what it meant, but I didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand the justice system. I didn't understand the way that, you know, black males go to jail in disproportionate numbers. I didn't fully, like, when I, I mean, when I was a little kid, and that means I had heard it from somebody else. But now that I understand, like, what rape is and all of that, like, that is not funny. So for adults who use that phrase, it's disgusting to me. She said that somebody hacked her account. I don't believe it. I don't believe it, because if they hacked your account, wouldn't they have tweeted more things? You mean to tell me that somebody took the time to hack your account and all they tweeted was, don't drop the soap, and then you immediately went back in yourself and deleted it, and that was the only thing that got hacked? I'm just telling you what she said. Okay, and I'm just telling you what, uh, I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to <laughs> Woo! But yeah, did you watch the interview that McMill did? I didn't get to watch the entire thing. I watched 
maybe the first 15 or 20 minutes of it. Yeah. That was pretty good, yeah. Okay. He looks healthy. Yeah. Oh, I, I did see that. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about white people whiting for a second and then we'll move on? Why are you always rolling your ass? Because white people be trying it. So they want to they want to gentrify the hood and then don't want you to do hood shit. Well, take your ass back to the suburbs where you where I mean, you came from. First of all, grilling in the park is not even hood. You see where that white lady called <laughs> called the police on those black people. It was two black men. I feel like I saw a black lady in the video too. But basically, there were two black men that were grilling <laughs> in a zone where you could grill, and she was calling the police. And another white lady was recording her like, "Why are you calling the police?" And she's like. Basically talking about how it was dangerous and how they were going to, um, it was a danger to children. And the white lady was like, so are you saying that they're out here and they're going to harm children? And she's like. Because they're barbecuing. Yeah, she was like, I I went and looked. They're allowed to barbecue here. And they just kept barbecuing. But it was just hilarious because, lady, leave those black people alone. Like, you don't have anything better to to do. start crying or something, saying she was attacked and all of this. That lets you know that this is what they do. This is what's not. This I was is what say, some people do. Now, this is not a surprise to me because I mean, I I've been a victim of many a white tear. So I'm like I'm like Beyonce in that pool with that champagne, <laughs> right? Pulling out white tears. Girl, get a damn break. Take your ass back across the tracks. Yeah. You want to gentrify and get cheap rent, cheap property, cheap land? This is what the hell you're gonna deal with until we're not here no more. Exactly. Deal with it, sis. So, in a similar um, story about uh, the Airbnb situation, which just so happened to involve Barb Marley's, uh, Bob Marley's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. So, they used the Airbnb for the weekend, and I guess they were checking out. Mm-hmm. And um, the white lady who was next door, I have issue with this. The white lady was next door, and she waved at them. Or whatever, and they didn't wave back or smile back, and so she called the police on them. They said that they had like six or seven cop cars, that there was a helicopter, and that it got ugly. But the police said that they were justified because basically, because they didn't, you know, pull out any weapons on them or anything. So even the owner of the Airbnb was like, "Well, it could have been fixed if they had just spoken back." Nice for what? I don't I'm not obligated to, to speak to you. I paid. I paid to stay here. I've been here all weekend long. If you're the neighbor, you should know that this person rents out there. I'm sure I'm not the first person to rent out this place. I think she said they were. Really? This was the first one. Hmm. Well, you know, but say, it don't matter, so, right? So it you don't, don't matter what I do. I'm not like the. Who are you? Right. Or, or who are you? Are you going to pay the mortgage? No, I got to let you know who coming to my house? I can understand if neighbors are close, the neighbor being concerned if you see somebody else coming out of the house. But if you guys were that close, if you were my neighbor, B, and I was renting my house out for the weekend, I would I, you would already know. But now she's saying she's the victim because people have been um, talking about her on social media. Of course. But she, don't, she doesn't even have social media. But the police are still following up on any threat. Well, how does she know that people are talking? I mean, because of course we're all talking about her, but... Does this not all sound about white? It does. All of it. Absolutely does. Um, In a similar story, what's the girl's name from Yale that called the police on the black girl for sleeping in the hallway? Dumbass, should be her name. I can't remember, but I saw a meme. Let's just say her name was Becky McBeckbeck, because that can't be anybody's name. I mean, it could, but who knows? So, Becky McBeckbeck. This is Becky McBeckbeck. Becky 
goes to school at Yale. She's getting her PhD and whatever, whatever. Becky likes to call the police on black people sleeping in the hallway during exam time. Becky is a racist. Don't be like Becky. Right. Like, I watched the video. That black girl was like, I mean, I have the right to be here. And she's like, I have the right to call the police. The police came. And they asked for the girl's ID. She was like, they, they asked her if she had an ID. She said yes. They wanted to see it. She said why. Mm-hmm. And I understood. Why did they ask her Right. So she was like, let me, let me open the door to my apartment so I can show you that I belong here. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. It's exam time. Like, literally, I've seen students sleeping in the library, in the hallway, catching a nap on the steps outside of the cab. Like, I have seen it all. And I'll guarantee you, if that girl had seen a white boy, and I hate pulling the, um, I no, I don't. I don't hate pulling no, the race car because it happens so often. Right. So and that's where I'm going with my hair girl. That's where I'm going with my next comment, but go ahead. But if that if that had been if that girl had been a white girl or a white boy in the hallway laying on a book or whatever, I don't feel like she would have thought twice. No. Because you're white, you belong here. Right, and that black girl, you don't belong here sleeping. That's what the are issue. you doing here? I feel like whenever they call the police, a lot of times they know that we're not doing anything wrong, but they're calling just to stir up something anyway. It's aggravating because you know that no matter what happens, like I'm going to be affected. Mm-hmm. I'm that you're gonna get me straight either way. Even if I'm flustered and the police are like, it's fine. Just go back to your apartment or whatever. Now you've pissed me off. You've wasted my time and you woke me up. Yep. But I think they said that the police reprimanded that girl. As they should have. But I'm not even mad at the police in this situation. I'm just mad at the white people whiting all the time. It's aggravating. And you know what? I love watching The View and... I, because I love Whoopi Goldberg, and I think, you know, she's hilarious, and I just love the dynamic that they have on the show. But in talking about this, she basically, like, went through all the things that have been happening, like the Waffle House, the barbecuing, we the dorm there. room, the Airbnb situation, and it's like a lot of white people calling the police on black people for just existing and being black. Mm-hmm. But then she turns around and says, well, it's not a black and white thing. It's a human thing. How is it Ma'am, not a human thing? I mean, how is you, it not a black and white thing? What are you talking about, Whoopi? That made absolutely no sense. I'm sitting there like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, I what tread lightly. About? I tread lightly with Whoopi because she's a legend. I love her for so many reasons. Me too. But there are several times where she says things and I'm like, yeah, that's problematic. I don't rock with that statement. You don't have to rock with everything that people that you care about say. But, but she's like way left when field. You, when you say there's an... There seems to be an increased number of at least publicized incidents of white people calling the police on black people for doing absolutely nothing, but then say it's not a black and white thing, it's a human thing. I just said not too long ago, white people be what? having some shit with them. Did I not say that on the show? What are you I talking said about? that to say we don't have time for the stuff that they make time for. Like I said about the lady in the park, like don't you have something else to do? Why you didn't ask him if you was that hungry? Why you didn't ask him? Could you have a hot dog? Because <laughs> exactly. your big ass look hungry. Why you didn't ask them? Could you have a hot dog, sis? Exactly. See, we would get. We would have made sure you were hungry. Now we might talk about you when you walk off. Mm-hmm. But, but if you, you hungry, we gonna give you a hot dog. 
Girl, you mentioned Waffle House, and they just can't stay out of the news. Um, I feel like Landmark Diner in Charlotte. Go there. What happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Landmark. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's bigger. It's cleaner. And And they serve alcohol at certain times. That's true. Um, But there's a Waffle House here in North Carolina where I just recently saw a video, didn't read up on the story, but... I was just telling you earlier, like, now that I can go back in my mental Rolodex, there have been several times where, like, events where we knew a lot of black people were going to be, like, HBCU homecomings or even homecomings at PWIs, but mm-hmm. a Waffle House, because most, most of the time you go there, it's full of black people. Um, CIAA tournaments, when it comes to Waffle Houses, like, anytime I've ever gone there and it's been a big event, the police are, like, staked out there because they're just waiting or something. And so um here recently in Charlotte there was even a video of a young boy. I think this is the one that took his sister to the prom. Mhm. That you were talking about. In Waxhaw. Yeah, in Waxhaw, North Carolina and um the police end up basically uh, physically accosting him outside of that Waffle House and from the video, the whoever's video and is even like like they shouldn't be doing that to him. Mm-hmm. Like they shouldn't be doing that to him. And because you get to see the video at least from the point where the bo- the young guy is still standing up, it's like they this officer had no right to throw this kid on the ground. Nope. And yet that's how he ended up on the ground. Police are still policing. Um, you heard about Rose Campbell, the sixty five year old woman that was dragged mm-hmm. for a basic traffic stop in Alpharetta, Georgia. Yep. Because she didn't want to sign the ticket. Yes, and she said, okay, so she was pulled over by Officer um, Swerdlove, I believe they said his name. His first name was Michael, I do remember that, for allegedly not maintaining her in her driving lane. And um, when she was issued the ticket, she refused to sign it, which... I don't, I don't know if that's against Georgia law, but anyway, she didn't understand. And she even said, like, I didn't sign it because I thought that was going to be an admission of guilt. Mm-hmm. And so she refused to sign the ticket, so they ended up having more police officers come. Um, and the officer, who you can hear on the tape, is saying, you're not in charge, shut up, and get the fuck out of the car. Uh, his name was James, Officer James Leg. Well... He was suspended, right? When the update came out, he was yelling at at, at the lady, Miss Campbell. Um, when the update Poor came out, I know she. You can hear she's basically she was basically saying like she thought she was in a movie. Um, she said she couldn't believe it and that it was surreal. Since then, he has issued a um, what do you, what do you call it? Like he resigned, <laughs> and they said the letter started with "I quit." So he said I shouldn't have cussed at an old lady. But he said that he was still right for what he no, did. No, you were not. So. Bye. He'll he'll have another job. That's why he resigned. That's why people resign, though. Yeah, so, so that they it don't doesn't get fired. Pro- yeah. So it doesn't prohibit them from, you know, getting something else. He said he, he insisted that he acted appropriately and reasonably. Um, but he did concede that he shouldn't have used profanity. And that those weren't his words. He said he shouldn't have cussed out an old lady. And then you still being smart. Exactly. That's what I that's what I lane. felt. That is what I felt whenever I read it. So Asshole. I'm sick. He resigned him. because he knew he was gonna get fired. Yeah. Cause they the that, public pressure he Not in Alpharetta, Georgia. They weren't gonna let him live. Not the people anyway. Well I hope that Miss what's her name? Um Miss uh 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 
<laughs> That's all, folks. No, it was Miss Campbell, right? Ms. Yeah, Miss Campbell. Campbell. I hope that she gets her a good lawyer. I just hope that she can sleep at night because, you know, those things, everybody doesn't respond to stress the same way. And those things can really give you some anxiety. Or PTSD. Yeah, and I only know this. That's what I was saying. Oh, I got PTSD. Mm -hmm. I only know this because even as a black person who just out here trying to live, Mm -hmm. right? When I see a cop car, I just, sometimes I start sweating. I'm not doing anything wrong. Or like if, if there is a scenario on that I know, you know, my white counterparts, can stand out there and talk to to the police and kind of, you know, de-escalate the situation. I know this is going to end ugly. Like, I have to pull people away. Like, y'all get in the car. Let's just go home. Yeah. Like, the night has to end because police officers are around. Sometimes That's when, sad. They, when they're on the road, if they, like, if I feel like they're following me, I'll just pull off some random place. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going in there just so they can get out from behind me. Mm-hmm. Not doing a thing They wrong. also, it something happened around here. It may have been in Charlotte recently where a girl... Um, got pulled over and she kept driving to get to like an exit or somewhere with light. Yeah, somewhere safe. And they like busted out her car window, pull her out, all kind of stuff because they're saying that she was trying to evade. I have seen that happen to more than one person and it's so crazy because there is a number that you can call and not saying that we shouldn't know it, but if we don't know it, as especially as a young woman or as a young man, I don't even want to say that you should be able to pull over in a safe place yeah where it's like because people do i don't care like especially now that not even now but there are people who will take those police lights and put them on their car and they're not even officers Mm -hmm. and then you're thinking you're being pulled over by a police officer on a country road and they never see you again yep so that's why (sighs) they've made it okay for you to do that so my thing is why do we know that it's okay for us to pull into a wheeled area but it's not okay you don't know that exactly it makes no sense um oh one last thing because i don't think we had an opportunity to talk about this but while we were out um childish gambino aka donald glover and yes now i do know they're the same person (laughs) y'all gonna let me live okay um came out with uh the video for this is america which i personally feel um like the imagery really affected me and it it's it was a good video um, but since I've watched it, there have been some criticisms that I've read and some think pieces that I've went back to read. And I'm like, okay, it gives me a bit of context to kind of discuss it. So can we talk through that? Um, what I'm just going to put feels? a disclaimer. I only watched it once. Okay. What are your, cause I posted a piece of the video. Um, and let me just start out by saying it, th- saying that I love the video um and i thought it was really complex i thought that you do have to watch it more than once to catch everything in it and that now that i've had an opportunity to hear other people's perspectives i do understand why some people have a problem with the shooting portions where and not necessarily that it's so graphic because i can appreciate that even though i know some people can't watch it i can appreciate that because um, art imitates life, mm-hmm. right? Um, but a, a lot of black people specifically have take issue with the fact that he is the person doing the shooting. And I think we even, we we did get a chance to discuss this um, in the living room the other night. Um, that if we wanted an accurate depiction, or if he wanted an accurate depiction of what's going on, if this is America, 
then he should have had somebody white shooting the people should in the have. church or, you know, shooting the man in the chair. Because this is not an America. We don't see black people shooting up other black people in churches in America. That's not America. Right. We see white people doing that. Right. So they feel so, like it's problematic. Very. Because if I'm in India or somewhere else over overseas that doesn't really know exactly the things that are going on here and mm-hmm. I see that and you're saying this is America. It's like you should be afraid of black men as opposed to <clears throat> I right. get that. And and I said the other day, I said I don't even think I watched him do an interview and they asked him about like the think pieces of breakdown of what people th- thought the imagery was supposed to be and he said that he hadn't logged into social media to read any of it since the day that they posted the video you know because he's sensitive about his art which a lot of artists are i personally don't think that he thought enough to think like dang it you know maybe this this is people in america will understand but maybe people other places won't but you don't think he could have enough sense to realize that that's insensitive or that what about the what about the families of the people who were killed in Charleston I I understand what you're saying but I I guess I'm one of those people that I'm I don't necessarily want to see the real but if this is what's happening I don't like for things to be sugar-coated and I can't relate to their perspective so I respect it if if somebody from one of the families who lost somebody in Charleston or, you know, have lost someone in one of these other scenarios where, you know, a Caucasian has come in and shot up a bunch of black people and they say, Tiffany, you know, I don't condone this because this is X, Y, Z. And, but there are some people who are in those families that might be like, no, like this is what's happening. There's no need to sugarcoat it. And that's how I feel about it. But again, I'm not in their shoes, so I don't know. I can only speak from my perspective. I feel like if the shoe was on the other foot and some white artist made a video of him shooting up teenagers in a school, it would be different. He wouldn't be getting applauded for doing that. Right, but he wouldn't be... So what are you saying? Because I'm just trying to think, like, he wouldn't be saying, like, this is America, like, this is the bullshit that white people have to go through. He would just be further perpetuating what a lot not a lot but like what some unstable caucasians are doing when they do go into elementary schools middle schools high schools waffle houses churches and shoot up people even if those people were not people of color you know what i mean but if i as a black person want to say it's kind of like with slavery i'll just use slavery as an example you know if somebody comes out with a video today and they use pictures of lynchings. Some people will say, you shouldn't do that, that's too graphic. And other people will say, I need for people to see that people didn't come over here of their own volition to work for free. Exactly, Kanye. That it was not a choice, that slavery was real, and when we didn't comply, when we chose not to be slaves anymore, this is what they wanted to do to us. And I'm all about the visual so that it can never be masked. I think that the visual is fine mm-hmm. because you need to see it. I don't need to see it. 
Right, right, right. Somebody may need to see it. I don't need to see it. But if you're going to depict it, depict it correctly. Okay, I agree with that. Because you, black man, going in and shooting up a church is not an accurate depiction. I know it's your art. And then another thing is, I just feel like, okay. You're saying this is America, but when I go back and like try to read the lyrics or listen to the lyrics, it has, I mean, other than get this money, it really has nothing to, you're not saying anything that goes along with this. Right. So then a lot of people that were breaking down the synopsis of the video and the song were basically trying to say, <laughs> I need, I need Donald Glover to break it down. Right. I would love. Because that's one thing that I don't do. I don't read think pieces. Because I can get on here and write what I think. Right. I need him to say, why did you choose to do it yourself? I usually don't and like... give me your... I usually don't like think pieces, but I do like when people give their perspective on what they got from... Because that's what art is about. Like, if you go to a museum and you look at a piece, you and I could be staring at the same piece of art. And we might pull draw something different from, from it. And it can mean both of those same things. For us, and the artist might not have thought of it that way until we told them what our perspective is. So it means something different to us and the creator. And that's the way I feel about music, too. Like, so just because we haven't heard Donald Glover or Childish Gambino say what he meant by it yet, when people say, oh, they pointed out the white horse, or they pointed out the kids' video, or they pointed out the stance in which he was shooting the man to begin with and the old posters from back in the day like they pulled out that imagery for a reason so I, I respect that maybe he meant it I'm sure he meant that but maybe he did or did not mean some of those other things we won't know unless he opens his mouth but I'd be interested to hear it so my other thing about um that whole scenario and Donna Glover is whenever I posted the video I bring this up um because a young lady I went to school with her name is Nidra and when I posted the video on Instagram, she commented under it. And I had not responded, not because I don't have an opinion, but just because um, I, I had so much to say about it. So I kind of want to discuss this with you today as well. She said, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about the fact that his wife is not black? <laughs> and she said, I've been seeing a lot of commentary around this and would like to know your opinion. Um... So, I kind of want to address that, too. So, when you and I were discussing this a little bit earlier, and we did not specifically talk about Donald Glover, but, of course, he is in this group, it made me start thinking of other black celebrities specifically. And, of course, we know people in our everyday lives, but specifically celebrities who are married to white women or have been married to white men, women in the past. And, um, you know, if you can think of some, you might want to, throw them out too but I know Tiger Woods of course who said he wasn't black to begin with but the lie detector test determined that that, that was, was a lie. lie Terrence Howard, Russell Wilson before he was with Sierra of course had a white wife um, but he's mixed right we'll get into yeah, that whole thing that Russell though. Wilson is now married to a black woman it's I interesting kinda, usually doesn't go that way right. though. so um, I think maybe that was just one of those scenarios where maybe Russell Wilson met this girl he liked her he married her mm-hmm. but he's not saying this is what I right I only do this one thing that's fair so I think he gets a pass that's fair um <laughs> Michael Jordan Harry Belafonte who was like one of my faves 
Um, Richard Pryor married a white woman. Didn't didn't I say Lionel Lionel Richie? Omari Hardwick. Jesus. Um, Jamie Foxx, Sidney Poitier, Jordan Peele, which is somebody I definitely want to talk about today. Childish Gambino is married to a white woman. Tay Diggs, which is not surprising, and Seal. Quincy Jones, of course, because we know Rashida is um, mixed. Kanye, Lamar Odom, James Earl Jones, which really surprised me, is married to... I'm not surprised. A white woman. Especially not for him in that time. Well, because of the time, it kind of shocks me. With him, Sidney mm-hmm. Portier. Who it, else did I mean? Harry Belafonte? Like, because of they the looked at field they're in, it doesn't surprise it's, me. It was a status thing. Yeah. Uh, Charles Barkley, Cuba Gooden Jr. Um, Alfonso Ribeiro doesn't surprise me. Neither does Bryant Gumbel. Dave Chappelle, who is not married to a white woman, but she's not black for the sake of this conversation. Um, who else am I missing? Jane, uh, what's his name? James uh, Pernia? Is that how you pronounce it? The guy... From he's a good actor. He played in um. Why do I keep wanting to say the wood? What's the movie where they're about to get married and he slept with uh, your boy's wife and he's like, pray with me. Best man. Yes, the best man, the one who dates Candy in the end, who like breaks up. Who had the dreads? Yes. Yeah. Him. He's married to a white woman. Don't surprise me. Okay, and um. I'll I'll just leave it right there because the two that really pop out to me, I just want to name that name those people because you know that some of those are some old time faves that I would expect to be uh, married to black women, but um, Childish Gambino and Jordan Peele specifically right now are two that I want to tackle. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole thought by a lot of people that basically say the foundation of the black environment or um, what am I trying to say? Anyway. The the foundation of our society? Yes, is the black family. It is. Because without black families, there will be no more black race. I do not disagree with that at all. Um, So, but do we say... But then the thought is, okay, so if you are a black person and your art reflects uh, that which stands up for black people, all things black, and then we find out that you're married to a white woman or an Asian woman or whatever, does that take validation away from the, the work that you're doing? And I'm asking because I do have an opinion. But like with Jordan Peele, look what he's done with Get Out Alone. That is a, first of all, for me, that is a magnum opus. Mm -hmm. It is going, I will be able to dissect that several ways every time I watch that movie. And I know that he's not done. Um, The way that he advocates for the black community when he speaks, like at different speaking engagements. I feel like Jordan Peele has always been so, like he doesn't flip flop. That's the point. Okay. That is the point. Because when you've not been consistently pro-black or your work has not consistently, you know, spoke about the betterment or your art has been used to uplift or educate about the black experience, when it's not been used in that way, and then for some reason it automatically flips and everything is pro-black, it kind of makes me feel like, 
you're riding this woke wave. Okay. For record sales, movie screenings, product purchases, whatever it is that you're doing at that time. Right, and that's what people were saying about Donald Glover with this whole video. Now, I did not understand, and I watched a couple episodes of, uh, you know, me. I don't usually watch TV in real time. I binge watch things that I like. I just so happened to catch, like, maybe one or two episodes of Atlanta. I think the show is well written, but the complaint that a lot of people were making that made me go back and think is that Childish Gambino has not really been an advocate in the black community. Nope. I'm just repeating what I heard, okay? I'm not saying this as my own truth until I do some investigating. But they say a lot of what he does has been sandbowing or satire mm-hmm. um, of the black community and that he's not really been an advocate, which is also not... I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just using them both as points of reference. That That is not how I view Jordan Peele when he speaks about the black community. And you know, I am someone who takes everything on a case-by-case basis, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to being in interracial relationships, I don't mind if people are have found love Right. With someone, genuinely found love with someone who is not of their race. Um, but I I have a disdain, and I don't even mind, disdain is a strong word, but I have a disdain for specifically black men who will say, I don't do black women. Mm-hmm. Or they always got an attitude. Or put up memes like, you know, um, dump Shatiqua and go get you a Susan. Like, those things really bother me because these black women that you're talking down about, like, you're butt hurt behind something, Mm -hmm. and it really has less to do with us and more to do with you. Right. And I know we were discussing earlier how, like, a lot of black men will talk junk about how black women have degraded them, and it really isn't that. It's you got picked on on the playground when you were in the first grade by a black girl who called you a tar baby because she had heard that word before, not realizing... When, in essence, white kids picked on you, too, mm-hmm. it's just that because that little girl looked more like you, now all of a sudden you don't really do black girls the whole time you're growing up, and then you want to marry a white girl. Or, in psychology, how they teach you that men care about their posterity and mm-hmm. women care about stability, just from a mental standpoint, which is why it's so crazy when they call like women gold diggers, which is a whole nother show for a whole different day. But it's like, from a psychological standpoint, in the past, we've had to care about our stability. I don't want to get on on a soapbox about that, but you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like, women didn't have the jobs, or even now, like, we have jobs and we're still fighting for equal pay, blah, 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 all of that. So some of us look for a partner that can help and compensate for what we're lacking so that us and our children can be stable. But we're still doing it as a family. It's not like, you know... So anyway, and men care about their posterity. So this is a whole other thing because they care about what their posterity is going to look like so that their posterity can be successful mm-hmm. and add to the family. So they equate, uh, and I'm, I'm using this they loosely, equate um, success with maybe lighter skin or lighter eyes or quotation marks in the air, nicer hair, because my uncle Wallace always says if you got hair, it's nice mm-hmm. Like because some people don't have it. Um, but the, if they have uh, kids with someone who is not black, then that mixture is going to give their family a leg up. You know what I mean? So for people who are dating outside of their race for those reasons or date outside of their race and then they allow their spouses to disrespect their race. Mm-hmm. 
whether it's, you know, calling them a nigga or feeling comfortable enough to call y'all's kids a nigga. I had a, a co-worker, and I use that term loosely because I never really saw her work. But she was <laughs> married. Petty. I don't give a damn. She ain't doing nothing but walk around looking big mm. while everybody else was working. Right. And I'm going to just put it into context for you. Okay, please. This was a white woman who was obese that had gastric bypass. So she had the typical, stere- well, stereotypical, and I'm using air quotes, y'all, black woman body. Okay. Everything was big except her waist. But okay. that was because she had a tummy tuck and all this shit. Right. So her rest of her body was still fat girl. Mm-hmm. No pun intended to anybody who's chunky because right. it is what it is. But she had a little bit of waist. So she felt as though because she had this big, wide trailer park ass mm-hmm. that all of the black girls were jealous of her because black men showed her attention. Girl, you are two cheeseburgers away. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody cares. Anyway, make a long story short, she was married to a black man to whom she was cheating on, mm-hmm. but she made a comment that she wanted to have, she made a comment saying something like, oh, because they didn't have any kids. Are you ready for me to have your little nigglet babies? He thought that was okay. Said nothing. Yes, I know. Said Listen, nothing. Your story is so relatable because I know so many white women who have gotten so comfortable in their relationships and the men that are in relationships with them have made them feel so comfortable that they're disrespectful. I don't know if they don't, if some of them don't know or they know exactly what they're doing and they don't care because they've been emboldened to be that disrespectful. But they will openly disrespect black women, black families, black kids, even if the black kids are their own. A lot of times, I this is just a personal thought. I'm not, these thoughts aren't anybody but my own, anybody's but my own, but not only that, but they don't even go get someone who's fantastic. They'll go get a mediocre, you know, um, white lady and then expect me to be okay with being disrespected in that way. It's just a lot. Mm-hmm. But still, many of them will talk about being in the barbershop. Like, let's, we'll take this um, out of the celebrity conversation for a second and talk about the neighborhood. They'll still be in the barbershop or at the church, or on the corner, or at the family functions, talking about what black people need to do. And a lot of people feel that the first thing that we need to do is stick together. Like, don't just go looking outside of your race just so you can say Mm -hmm. you got something better because different is not better. No. It's different. It's just different. Right. And one of my questions is, and this is what I always kind of think, and I'm not saying I 100% agree with this, but I'm not saying I don't agree with it because some of it I do agree with. Um, and he's somebody who I feel like is a scammer, but some of the points that he makes sometimes are true. And that's Dr. Umar Johnson. I'm not advising anybody to go follow him or donate money because don't no. nobody know where the money be going. But... He said something on The Breakfast Club, and he basically said, how can you say that you're for the empowerment of the black family when you don't even choose to have a, a black, black family? family? And I do understand that. I think a lot of work? his logic gets lost in the his antics. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm just like, yeah, because at the end of the day, you can, you can be for your black family you know, on your maternal or paternal side. But when it comes to your children that you have with someone else, that's the thing with 
being biracial. Not to say that when you walk out the door, somebody's going to identify you as the other thing because if you look black, they're going to think you're black. But, right. but you can choose to say, yeah, my dad is black, but I identify as whatever this parent is. Right. So how does that how does that work? How do you raise these, air quotes, black children who have the privilege to flip-flop between two worlds basically not only that but there are people there are children who were or adults now who were raised in their childhood um to be black and then grow up and then they resent that which i can't relate but i feel for them because then it's it isn't fair right especially if you were raised with both parents and it's like i understand i do understand telling the child like you're black the world's gonna see you as black i need to prepare you for that but there are parents who say you're not white you're black, yet you're being raised in a house with a white mom, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, dang. So am I supposed yes, to just am, disrespect my whole mama? Right. So, correct. Um, in a lot of ways, that is true. But, so it, it's it's not even twofold. There are so many facets to this conversation. We could talk for days because so then I go back to the art. Like, in art, does that devalue what you've created? And... Do, is it do people so. believe the way that I believe like the intention matters the intention matters to me the intention does matter but I I feel like it's more since I feel like your art is more sincere when your art imitates life your life your complete life so are you saying that Childish Gambino is married to a, a white woman or I don't even know if they're married, but I know they have children together. So I don't want to say they're married if they're not. But anyway, he's with a white woman, and they have children together. Right. So are you saying that Childish Gambino's art should not be Atlanta? Because that is a good work from what I've seen. People enjoy it. It's based in Atlanta. It, um, It finances a lot of, you know, income for black people which trickles down to black families like to me that's not wrong i don't think it's wrong but i think we have to look at the entire person okay and before atlanta and before this last album nothing to me that childish gambino done was overtly black and again, nothing so and for his and you got to take into context like you said this is a case-by-case thing right like Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele is married to a white woman, but every work of art that I've seen by Jordan Peele has been consistently black. Black. Right. When he speaks for black con- people. Exactly. And I'm not saying that he's not because I like I've I've liked Childish Gambino before I even realized he was Donald Glover. Yeah, I, yeah. You yeah. know, so it's not that I discredit anything that he's done, but when I when I watched his Netflix special and I seen him on like community and stuff, nothing that he has done before now has been overtly black so it not me so to speak because to just be honest and i'm gonna just put this out there okay i don't give a damn because the people that i listen to and i take at their word i feel like from what i see from them are true through and through right but then so i'm just like does this not go back to the fact that like black people are not a monolith though and that childish gambino slash the work that donald glover like the whole person He's still a black man making still, black art, and he might appeal to several audiences, just like that 
one of the last clips of um well, I don't even know if it was one of the last clips, but it was a clip of Bernie Mac on Oprah. And he was talking about, like, I don't make black comedy. I make everybody laugh. He wasn't saying, like, I'm not a black man. Clearly, he knows he's black. But he's like, I make comedy for me. I want to make everybody laugh. You know what I mean? So. Well, and and that's fine. You, you can make everybody laugh. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I feel like if someone like J. Cole made this video, nobody would be talking about it like that. Is, and why is that though? Does that have something I don't to do? No, but okay. I don't feel like it would be received as well as it would be from somebody like Childish Gambino, given the fact that J. Cole has consistently said these same type of things over and over. But and nobody, it, it doesn't go over as well. So, it wouldn't go over as well. So, but then to me, that only says that Childish Gambino appeals to a different audience as a whole person than J. Cole does. Like, J. Cole is so black that he can't get away with what Childish Gambino gets away with. That's the only view I have of it at this time, because why wouldn't he? Which sucks, because I don't feel like Childish Gambino should get away with him sitting there pulling a trigger on choir members. When we just went through that at the hands of a white... Of, the, of a domestic white terrorist. But when I initially Why did you saw, get away with that? But when I initially saw it, I thought that that was the point that he was trying to prove that the, these things are really going on and we don't want to hide them. But to my earlier point, other people are saying no, that everything that he's done in the past and this seems consistent with it, it is that it's satire. So I'm interested to see what he has to say about yeah. it if he ever addresses it. I just... I don't know. I look at the whole, and the people evolve, right? So I don't, right? I don't know, but it's just, and he is a black man, so I understand he feels these things, but it would just, I think it would be because, and I'm just gonna say this, because my favorite song by Childish Gambino besides Redbone is "Bad Peace" with Janae Aiko, right? Because Janae Aiko was in it, so right. doesn't matter to me either way, <laughs> like. It's not going to change my perspective on Donald Glover. I think he's cool, but I'm probably not going to pay to go to a Childish Gambino show. I don't care either way, but I'm just saying I feel like it would have been more socially responsible to depict it accurately. Yes. So you're not you're not even saying that the shooting shouldn't have happened. You're saying that if Childish Gambino was going to make the song, he should have been in the video. But the person doing the shootings should have been a white person. Okay, that's it. No, there's more to this. And I want, and I would want for him to stay consistent in your. Well, we'll see. Blackness. I want you to stay because I know that people may say, "Oh, you too this, you too that," but at the end of the day, like somebody like J Cole, somebody like Kendrick Lamar, you can be in your pro blackness, but. For people who really like art and really taking what you're saying, it's not going to the pro blackness is not going to deter them, whether they're white, orange, green, red. Look at Jay. White people go to his shows, right? White people go to Kendrick shows. White people go to all of our shows. That's so, how our people make money. Exactly. In the past, that hasn't been us that's been able to afford to go to concerts like that. So it's always kind of been this way. So I just feel like, as long as Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino stays in the vein of pro-blackness 
if that's, amidst, if that's what this even is. If that's what that even is. Amidst everything else he's doing, I'm fine with it. But if five years from now you or you pull a Molly Cyrus and go back to your geeky black boy, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, don't scare white people comedy. I'm going to look at you some kind of way. Because I'm going to be like, like Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is not married to a black woman. She's Asian. But Dave Chappelle has been consistently, and for the lack of a better word, a nigga. Consistently. That's Dave Chappelle. He's never changed. He's always been black. Pro-black. He makes fun of black shit. Like, it's satire. But he has remained Dave Chappelle. Cool. But I feel, so I really feel like this is two different conversations then. Because on one hand... I agree with you, like, just be consistent in whatever it is that you're trying to do. Right. And it doesn't mean that you can't grow, and it doesn't mean that you can't do more. Right. I just need to understand from my perspective, like, do I support you or not? Right. Like, are you are be- you for me because, or not? Because the whole thing that he said about, I just, black girls di- didn't like, I was a weird black dude, and black girls didn't. There are plenty of Issa black... Ray has made millions off of a show about being weird and black. Right. There's so many of us that fit in that category and so I, I was that right say there that is same bullshit. Thing. That's bullshit. Right. So it's like how can you have a little bit of self-hate but then be like, oh yeah like which one is it? So okay but then which one is it? Like I was saying this is two separate conversations then because I want to go back to this piece where we're talking about interracial um, dating or interracial marriages and it's like so because we know for a fact that Jordan Peele is on this line and he kind of toes this line in his creativity he gets a pass for being married to a white woman but Childish Gambino does not because I wouldn't you, say they get a pass. Because at the end of the day, you I like say Dr. Umar. I say Dr. Umar Johnson said that you need to be married to a black woman if you're saying that you believe in the black um, black cause or the black family. Like that's the foundation, right? So Jordan Peele should be married to a black woman if that's the case. If we're if, gonna if, say, if I'm saying this is me. If I'm saying that I believe in the black family and I myself want to propel a black family, I must then marry a black man in order to do that. I can say, yeah, I support you or da 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 but I can't say for myself, yeah, I believe that the black family is the crux of our community when I don't have a black husband. I'm glad that you said that because neither one of us are married and so like what happens... (laughs) And I love every... I don't care who you choose today. You can... I love everybody. One of my best friends is in an interracial uh, coupleship and I don't give it... I love her. I love them. I don't give a damn. But I personally, Courtney B., Cannot sit here and say, oh, I'm pro-black family, da-da-da-da, and not have black-ass kids and a black-ass husband. So it, what happens in the, in the future no if you end up marrying a white man? Like, okay, uh, let's talk up, about... Listen, listen, if I end up marrying a white man, it's going to have to be a white man that knows all of this, oh, we can choose to be whatever. No, they cannot. These kids is black. <laughs> they got so a black are you going to have mama. them deny their father then? They're not denying their father because when you walk out of this door, you are black. What if they're lighter you, than Rashida I don't uh, care. Jones? I don't care. Then we will have an issue. We will have an... And I'm just being honest. I'm hearing we you. We will have an issue because you're not going to deny me. 
Of course not. There's no way. And when There's your, no when your little would. friends come over here from whatever school you go to, they're going to see a black ass. They're going to know that you are black. Right. But when they go out into the world and they are um, Megan Markell lighter than her, like, she, she can pass. So, Megan can't pass. You don't think so? No. I have seen her in places where I'm like, oh, like people might look and go, is she? But they're not sure. And like, so there's this whole other conversation centered around black women who marry white men. And I, I hate to be this way, but a lot of times I look at it differently because I look at these couples, just the instances, some of the instances I'm about to um, mention. And I'm like, okay, but these black women really try with black men. And then all of a sudden it was like, a white man chasing them down, like, okay, fine, I'll give it a try, and before you know it, they're married. Like, think about Tina Turner, um, Eve, uh, who else? Well, I don't know about Diana Ross's situation, but um, who else is married to um, Chaz Ebert is married to your boy from Siskel and Ebert, the movie um, critics, and then you got Melody Hobson, who's married to George Lucas. Who else's wife is black? Um, Robert De Niro's wife is black. I don't really know their their situation. Vanessa Williams. Alfre Woodard is married to a white man. So then, do black women get a different pass? Um, and like I, like, I always like to go back to the fact that I'm situational. It's a case-by-case case thing. It's a, right, I'm if situational. If you're one of those white women that are just like some black men who have gotten butt hurt when you were younger, or you have some type of self thing going on, and so you just exclude all black men then I have a problem with that right but and that's rare I do I almost never hear that or oh, I don't think I've ever heard that from a black girl who dates white men only you know the, yeah. I just hear they're I open. always hear that yeah but I hear that from black men I don't ever hear that from black women and I want to go like and I know this is a fictional it's fictional but I feel like it kind of relates to real life y'all mm-hmm. everybody knows that I'm a fan of blackish mm-hmm. and there was an episode of blackish where even on Blackish, Tracy is mixed. Yes. Well, Bo is mixed. Her Bo. mom is black on the show, and her dad is white, just like it is in real life. Right. And there was an episode where Junior, her son, brought home his girlfriend, and his girlfriend was white. Uh-huh. And Bo was upset. Right. Because she's like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't want a black woman, because I'm, um, she yeah. identifies as black, and she had to go and talk to her dad, who was white on the show, and say... You know, I've always just felt black. I know that I'm black. Did that offend you? But did you feel like I was kind of like brushing your your side of the of me off? Right. And he basically said no because I knew from the time you were born and from seeing you grow up that you were a black woman. That's what you are. Right. And I don't feel no kind of way. You you are a black woman. And I knew that's what you were and I knew that's what you were going to be. Right. So if I end up, no, 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 let me rephrase this. If a white suitor is lucky enough to call me his wife, right. he will have gotten to know me and know that I am pro-black for all intents and purposes. And he will have to understand that I am going to raise my children, Courtney's children, as black. They will be eating collard greens. They will, <laughs> they will be eating pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie, macaroni and pumpkin cheese pie. in the oven, not the stove top. Like, you got to understand these things. We're going to be having cookout. Is pumpkin pie black? They're going to know how to make Kool-Aid and oodles and noodles. Did you say they will be eating pumpkin pie? They're going to eat pumpkin pie, sweet potato pies. Uh, Why are they eating pumpkin pie? Because pumpkin pie is good, and my aunt can make a good pumpkin pie. Do black people eat pumpkin pie like that? Niggas over here do. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We eat all kind of pies. Anything sweet, we're going to eat it. Bye, So, me. my thing is, my 
husband, whether he's black, white, green, red, or blue, will know that any cheerings, cheerings right. you have by this black woman are going to be black. But then my They're argument is that black. there are, are black men who feel the exact same way. Like, yes, I might marry a white woman, but my children are going to be black and we're going to raise them like this. And they're going to believe that. And in that and case, that do they're, we... they're white or what other counterparts raise them to be that way and understand that. I don't know. I can't speak for that. I can't speak for that. But I just don't know how you say you are for the black family when you don't have a black family. I hope that you have a black family. I hope yeah. I do too. I hope God blesses me with one. That's a blessing. It is. A strong black family by a man with a football booty. Let me. Bye. <laughs> Bye, man. Oh, um, I'm just saying. So then, I'm just saying. And I know we, we don't have time to talk about this today then. So do you care about white people who want their families to stay white? No. Okay. That's your choice. I don't care because that is your choice. If that's what you want, that is fine. That's what you want. But... But we want to the we, way that you treat other people matters. That's okay, what matters. That's fair. Because if you say, you know, I just, you know, I want my family to look like me. I want them to be like me. How can I fault you for that? Because I want my family to look like me. I want them to to be able to relate to me and understand and to raise healthy black children. Right. You but want them I'm to understand gonna, the full on culture. I do, but I'm not going to tell my child, oh, but you can't date nobody white. Or you can't have white friends. Like, don't bring nobody white to my house. No, I'm not going right. to say that. Because I don't care. But my preference is, and it ain't even about the kids. It's just that I love black men. Right. And when I envision my partner, that's what I see. Now, now God is mysterious. And he may be like, girl, that's what you think. Mm-hmm. But you about to marry Roger. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going up what I feel and what I think. The only Roger I know is from uh, Immature. Well, Jared. And he black. May marry a Jared or something. Okay. I don't know. A Tad. I mean, who knows? But I'm just saying, I know a Tad G. I'm just saying, like, this is what I envision. But if, if there's other cards in the deck for me, that's fine. But he will have to be a woke man of other ethnicity in order for Courtney B. to marry Woke. Yes, you have to understand. You can't be uncomfortable at barbecues. You can't be uncomfortable when all my black friends come over. You need to know how to play spades. All, all of, of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be good. It's fine. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That was a good conversation. It was. There's so much to it. I mean, we could talk about this like several other times. And we will. Um, but okay. So, now that we've gotten that heaviness out of the way. Heavy, heavy. What inspired you? You got so heavy, baby. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. I started to sing it myself. (laughs) You know I'm a human genius. That whole movie has gems. The whole soundtrack. Even Eddie Murphy, with his little non-singing butt, he even did good on his part. Jimmy want a rib. Jimmy want a cake. Plate. Jimmy want a piece of your chocolate chocolate cake. cake. Yes, Jimmy Early. Yeah. Um, So, what inspired you this week, or what was funny to you, or... These last two weeks. Um, okay. So, one thing that I can say inspired me was on Mother's Day, the extreme amount of consideration that was taken in people's posts 
in comments about mm-hmm. women who are not yet mothers. Yes. You know, just talking about, you know, even if you're not a mother, if you have nurtured someone, if you care for somebody else's child that's not yours, those types of things matter because, you know, you never know what someone is going through. Someone may be having fertility struggles and, you know, they just love on their nieces and nephews or their friends' kids, you know, as their way of feeling like they're able to enjoy taking care of someone else. Right. So I felt like that was very inspiring to know that, you know, us that we aren't mothers, but that doesn't mean that we don't mother other people or mother other people's children. So that was inspiring to me. Also being able to go to um, my cousin's church and her preach because she is an awesome, awesome preacher. And her subject was about you know god having a mother inside too he's not just a father he's he's a mother too because he nurtures us he keeps us on the right path right you know he teaches us lessons and he does all of these things in love which is what a mother does and so he's a mother to the motherless and a father to the fatherless and just hearing her Hearing her preach always just does something to me because I'm telling you, like, she can preach some of these men under the table. Mm-hmm. So just being able to listen to her on Mother's Day and seeing her and just realizing that, man, like, I come from a family of people that know God just gave me a lot of inspiration. It got my little wheels turning like, I need, I to, get, I need like to get back it. up in here and do something. So that is what gave me inspiration this week. What I about really you? like that. Girl, and that I recorded good. it. I'll let you hear some of it. Please. When I tell you, Brent and Petty be going off, no, Brent Petty goes off. I'm going to have to go with you one day. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, I don't know because I feel like so much happened. Um, Let's see. What inspired me? So I know we talked about uh, playing to raise money for the, the Miracle League. And I'm always humbled by scenarios like that because it's just a constant reminder. And I was talking to one of my other co-workers earlier today because we were talking about doing a soup kitchen sometime soon. And how sometimes if we're walking downtown Charlotte, like, once it starts getting dark, you know, people start getting in their places. Like, you know, homeless people Mm -hmm. start getting in the places where they would normally sleep. And it's just a really humbling experience. Um, So I was just inspired by all of the individuals that I saw out. Um, that usually need help but are still out there thriving you know because it's like you got a lot to be thankful for Tiffany even if things don't always go the way that you want them to mm-hmm. um, you got a roof you can turn the air on when it gets I'm hot throw my phone. You can, I'm going to throw my phone across this room I'm telling you you can wrap yourself in a blanket you can go upstairs or downstairs. You, you can listen, turn on hot water. You so blessed that you can feed me when I come to your house. Girl, ain't that the truth? I just ate over here Okay. And Saturday. And Saturday. So that's how you know you blessed. When you can exactly. feed the hungry. Exactly. And I am sure enough hungry. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. I love you. Sometimes money gets tight, but, you know, I can go get my nails done for the most part or, you know, I can get my hair braided if I need Listen, to. Listen, if money gets tight and you need to eat, come over and get some noodles. I sure will, okay? girl. I love I a good bowl of ramen. I can whip up some mean chicken and some Brussels sprouts. I heard that. Sweet potato. Come on over there. I sure will. Sound like, never mind. Um, <laughs> that, and um, I went to school with a guy named Jeremy Barkley, and such an amazing guy. 
And he put up a post last week about the Avengers movie. He went to see it with his daughter. And he was just talking about endings. And he was basically saying that um, every ending also has a beginning. Yes, God. And my, I'm telling you, like I could have thrown my phone then because sometimes it's the most simplistic Things that really stick to your bones. Mm-hmm. Like, it does not matter. Things end, but right when they're ending, there is another beginning right there. Like, you're on the precipice. Yeah. You're on the precipice of a beginning every time something ends. And so, in reality, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. Every time. Just press forward. And I say that because today, um, one of my cousins hit me up. And it was in 2009 when... She posted something, and my response had something to do with something I was going through. So whatever she said made me say, "I'm," and I don't, I don't really mean I'm the worst cousin ever, but mm-hmm. I said, "I'm the worst cousin ever." Don't count me out yet. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm just going through right now. I'll be back on my A game as soon as I can get it together. Picking yourself up off of a slippery floor isn't all that easy. And she, that was in 2009, and she sent me that today. With a phrase that said, and just look at you now. Yes. And when I tell you my eyes watered up so fast, I was like, look at me now in my mm-hmm. Chris Brown voice. Look at me now. Out here living <laughs> Chris Brown voice. my best life yet. And I'm not even done. So I was just really inspired by those things. They call uh, kind of all intertwined together mm-hmm. uh, for the same meaning, which means that... I was supposed to hear and see those things this week and piece them together because they all basically mean the same thing. Yes, they do. Woo, that was a lot. Um, anything you don't want the people to forget? Um, no, not really. I don't have any um, church announcements. Um, I know what that about you? a lot of the teachers last week, um, definitely in like Greensboro, Winston-Salem area, um, took the day off last week. Oh, because recently we've had um, Nurses Week. Yeah. Shout out to you. Yeah. And we had um, Teachers Week, uh, Teacher Appreciation Week, and Teacher Appreciation Day, I think, was on the 8th. And so on May 16th, if you're in North Carolina, a lot of, uh, I think they said about 1 million North Carolina students would be out for the day because teachers, um, about 10,000. Between ten and twenty thousand educators are expected to go march in Raleigh, which um is the capital of mm-hmm. North Carolina, on May sixteenth. So I believe that's Wednesday. So if you guys hear this on Tuesday, then the next day, if you're off or if you can take the day off and go march with these teachers, um, you know they deserve more. And this is on what day? Wednesday. Wednesday. And um, where are they meeting or where are they marching? In Raleigh, I assume, near, you know what, I don't know, but I will definitely post the details on our Instagram. Um, by the time you guys hear this, we'll have it posted on our Instagram. But it's definitely in Raleigh, and I'm sure you're not going to be able to miss it if they have ten to 20,000 educators. Um, and I have a lot of peers who have, their, who have taken the day off that aren't in the education system who are taking the students, their children, to also march with their teachers. So... Yep, it's called March for Students and Rally for Respect. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Bicentennial Plaza is where it's going to be. Okay, thank you, thank you. The area between the NC Museum of History and the NC Museum of Natural Sciences, directly across from West Jones Streets from the Legislative Building. Yeah, get there early because y'all are going to need to find good parking there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What's your good word for the good people? My good word for the good people is is short and it's pretty much self-explanatory. And it relates to some things that I experienced last week with just going out on a limb and taking my ass to mm-hmm. L.A. Um, I just want to let anybody know that's listening that, you know, fear is not a bad thing. But when it comes to your life and choices and decisions, you got to feel the fear and just do it anyway. Just right. do whatever it is anyway. You know, if you're scared, it just means that you're alive. That's it. That's all I got to say. I love it. My good word kind of intertwines with what I was just saying about my inspiration. And mine is pretty simple this week, too. Um, And I I, I posted this as well. Uh, Basically, just if you're going through something, fight through it by any means, too. And I don't mean you have to do it by yourself. I mean, solicit whatever assistance you need, but fight through it. Wait a while um, and don't give up. Just, don't give up. Just don't. If you don't give up, I promise you, a year, two, five years from now, you will literally be sitting back laughing like, mm-hmm. yo. I did that. I did that. Like, I made it. It does not, I swear, it doesn't even matter what it looks like. You you know, unless you get called home tonight, you're still going to wake up tomorrow, and tomorrow is a fresh start. Mm-hmm. So don't give up. Um, as a call to action, I really want to know what you guys' opinion is on some of the things that we discussed uh, on today's topic. Like, how do you feel about interracial relationships? Do you believe that if... Is there a difference between black men who choose to be with white women versus black women who choose to be with white men? And does that take away from the validity of your work if you are not raising a fully black family mm-hmm. what does the black family mean to you all of these things are important you know you guys can hit us up on instagram twitter and facebook at the culture shop podcast man i missed saying that i miss y'all <laughs> so much we're on soundcloud google play and itunes you know you can give us a review um shout out to you guys who are always listening and who harassed me last week whenever you couldn't hear the show we really do apologize, but we love you for loving us. And, of course, you can always email us at blackcultureshockpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Any last words? Just stay black. Stay woke and stay black. <laughs> stay woke. <laughs> um, by the time you hear this, it'll be the first day of Ramadan. So let me know how I can support you and... We love you guys. We'll definitely uh, hit you up next week with show number 20. Be on the lookout. It should be an excellent one. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sticking with us. And uh, we out. We out. (laughs)